When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 106, the Nissan Coliseum singing Folsom Prison Blues of Sodes. Yeah, that's right. Bring it back. Bring back that. It was like it became a tradition, and then the Titans were like, no, we're going to stop doing it. What? Why? It was such a good tradition. It's the reason we play that song at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, we've got a remix of it, right? We do have a remix yeah, of it. I thought know? it was a remix. Even if you want to play a remix of it, I don't think people would care. Just let us get some Johnny Cash back into the stadium during games. Let it be a uh, let, let it be a tradition again. Hey, it's kind we, of a sad song oh. though. Shouldn't you? Oh, it's a it, it, terribly depressing song. Which I know. Is probably so why I'm, we played it back then. Because uh, yeah, that makes the only sense. thing the only thing more depressing than that song was Titans football. So it was like that back in the day. It was like a song that cheered us up. <laughs> From like 2011 like, to 2016, I guess. That song is fine. That song's acceptable. Yeah. Now, when you've got a team who's had a winning record right. for five straight seasons, been to the playoffs a handful of times, now right, back right. to back now, division now winners. Now it's back to depressing. Yeah, I don't know that you could play that now. Back in the, if you were in the stadium from yeah exactly from twenty ten ish I'd say to twenty fifteen, you were probably like in the stadium being like, man, I wish I could hear that train coming rolling around the bend. I wish I wouldn't have to see the sunshine since I don't know when. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty much how it went for Titans fans back in the day. We would we would have rather have. In fact, a lot of those Titans teams made us want to shoot a guy in Reno. Was how bad it was. But you know what? Those days are long gone. Uh, but we want the song. I'd like the song to come back. Uh, we've got so much to get into this week. So much. So uh, I mean, like just with all of the free agency that happened, not just this week. But the free agency that happened right after we dropped our sewed last week, it was like, you know, the Titans are back to their old ways of the Wednesday afternoon news dump. And we don't appreciate it here on this podcast because we'll like, especially last week, we were dying for things to talk about. We were jonesing for things to talk about. I mean, granted, Eddie O'Reilly uh, came on here and absolutely blew us away with his story. But like everything else, we were just like scratching for things to talk about. And then sure enough, like right after we dropped that sode, the Titans are like, oh, here, here's an influx of things to talk about. So we have a bunch to get into. Roger Saffold, Janoris Jenkins, uh, Ben Jones, Harold Landry, blah, blah, blah. Wide receiver, new wide receiver, maybe Juju Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry. We'll get into all of that. And of course, we'll end with uh, a very important remember the Titan. Oh, plus We'll also talk about the Jaguars kind of just screwing things up for everybody. Sabotage. Is what Complete is. sabotage. Just a total kamikaze mission going on down there in Duval County. We'll get into all that. Plus, we're going to be joined by a former, well, not a former uncle, because you're always an uncle of this podcast, but a guy who hasn't been on this podcast in a while. 
Mr. Buck Rising. You know maybe, who he is. Maybe an uncle twice removed, if that's how it works in the family yeah. tree for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The longer you are away from this podcast, the longer it's been since you've been on, it you become a deeper relative from us. Uh, so he is a uncle twice removed right now. You know, and... you know how you're younger and you there's an uncle that you uh, thinks hilarious, very funny, very you know. Yes, that was Buck when we first started, right? In our in yeah. our in our infant days as a podcast, Buck right. was our favorite uncle. Right. Favorite. No then, no question about it. We loved Then our parents Buck. had like a falling out that they never told us about, and we just saw him less. And so like- And then, like, and then they start hanging out with the other side of the family, and Luke yeah. Warsham. And now you're like, oh right. man, I love this guy. Why would we hang out with him from the start? Right, right. But we, yeah, got, no, back I, the, we got back to the to Buck side of the family tree. Yes. And I we think got we're back, happy about it. Back to the roots of our family tree with Buck. So, and it is a lot of fun, obviously, and very informative stuff coming from Buck. So, uh, it's a fun, fun filled, packed episode. And I'm saying that right now, even before we even record it, because we, we record this podcast usually chronologically. So, I don't even know if it's fun filled, but just take my word for it that it probably will be. Uh, and before we get into the sode and all of the stuff we have to talk about, Jack, first, let's talk. get a word from Relax the Pack. Yes, I love talking about these guys. CEO Glenn Word has made it his mission to not just enhance sleep, but enhance lives. Glenn Word was involved in a very serious car accident many years ago and was looking down the barrel of multiple surgeries. But before going under the knife, Glenn and his family sought out preventative measures to try and correct his body through different sleep technologies and posture improvements. Over the course of time, Glenn's body self-corrected. He managed to avoid any of those procedures, any and all of those procedures, I should say, which is what makes Relax the Back a passion project of his. The Relax Back team sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area to work better, live better, and feel better every single day. And we live in this society where it's screen, screen, screens. You're in front of a screen no matter what you're doing. Maybe you're hunched over like me when you, when you type on your computer to write stories about the Titans or the Grizzlies, or maybe even gambling sometimes. Maybe maybe you're just hunched over writing all day on a notepad, or you you, you just spend times you spend all of your time every single day just in a bad posture position. Well, they've got a variety of chairs at Relax the Back that can combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting all day at work, along with Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses for when you get off work and you're ready to lay your head down and go to sleep every night. The Relax the Back team will make sure you're waking up and feeling great every day. Go check them out in Nashville at 2020 Glen Echo Road, right across from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater. It's over in that shopping center. They've got Mandu over there, who's a partner with A to Z as well. They've got a bunch of different stuff over there, but relax the back to where you should go if you're ready to start feeling better today. I promise you. I use the Techno Gel Pillow. It's awesome, and it stays cool every single night. Totally worth it. Go check them out, and when you go check them out, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with all that said... Let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm sucking cold. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up podcast. Today is March 16th. 2022 and there is just so much titans news to get to so we are not going to waste any time we're going to start with the most important news and that is r.i.p to d.s.t 
the U.S. Senate voted unanimously on Tuesday to make daylight savings time permanently. What? What is going on here? Jack, are we getting more sunlight? Are we getting like when we're in that witching hour on Sundays this fall? Are we going to like, is it going to be daylight out still? I don't get it. I don't, I've, I've really struggled to grasp daylight savings and why we need it in the first place. Wasn't it like established back in, in like the dawn pre-America? Isn't it older yes. than America? Yeah. Back, you know, look, back in the day, all of this was farmland for as, as far as the eye could see. Old man Peabody owned it and he had this vision of, far <laughs> of, of, of farming uh, pine trees. That's it was a pine tree idea. That's a that's a back to, back to the future quote. Uh, the oh, yes, God. so yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew going in, I was like, "There's not a chance Jack knows where I'm going with this." Uh, so no, the yeah, I I it was it, it it was started because of farming, and why we kept it, I don't know. But and I know everyone hates it, and there's that complaining. It just as much as there's complaining in the fall when it starts getting darker earlier. There's the complaining when we lose an hour of sleep in the mm -hmm. spring because people are like, this is so stupid. Why do we have to do this? It's so much trouble changing the clocks all the time. Nowadays, it's like all of our clocks are digital. So I don't understand why it's as big of a pain as it used to be, you know, where you'd have to go around the house and like ch turn change the clocks manually. Nowadays, it's like, it's not that big of an issue. So like, I don't understand why people hate it so much other than the actual daylight thing of it. But, and I've been trying to figure this out. I think if we get we, more daylight now, right? Do we though? But like, I, like, how does that even work? What is the science behind this? So, before getting completely off the rails, we have to. We're gonna we're gonna say that we're gonna move on pretty quickly from this, and we right, will get right, into right. Titans talk eventually. But sure, sure. It's a Titan podcast, subject, but like, you I know, woke it, up on I woke up on Sunday and just felt tired, and I was like, why do I feel so tired? I got a decent amount of sleep. Yeah. Then I was like, you know what? I didn't. I got ripped off. I don't yeah. think the extra hour of sleep is worth one less hour down the road. I know it pays itself off. Yeah, right. To me, one one less hour, that could completely change my whole mood. I could be, you know, the happiest guy in the world with a proper eight hours, but you give no, me that's seven. True. No, that's true. Now I'm ready to point. commit that's, murder. That's a good point. And I look, and I know I, I'm usually on the uh on the minority side of most arguments. You know, like I'm the guy on this podcast who's like, yeah, that we're, we're the Titans can win with Ryan Tannehill. Okay, like <laughs> I, I get that. All right, and I don't even it, I don't even do it to be a contrarian. I do it just because I, I legitimately believe these things. And like with daylight savings time, it's like, yeah, it's kind of a pain, but like not enough to where I'm like, oh, we need to get rid of it. You know, like to where like it it angers me throughout yeah, the day. No um, torches and pitchforks are are going to be paraded around town. No, there. no. But the only thing I would change about it is this is the only thing. And I think this would, I think everyone would be for daylight savings time. If we made this change again, if I'm running for president, this is what I'm running for on the platform. Daylight savings time. Instead of jumping ahead, skipping ahead of the hours ahead, you know, at 2 AM on Saturday or Saturday night into Sunday morning and or or pulling it back at that time do it at 4 p.m on a monday okay think about that <laughs> yes. 4 p.m on a monday and all of a sudden yeah. boom oh it's five o'clock oh sorry boss gotta go you know like I, everyone everyone would be behind me on that and that is why i am 
for daylight savings time. Just move the day. That's all you got to do. Keep daylight savings time. Just move the day. Now, but, that's a take I can get behind. And also, this better help get rid of those shadows in Lucas Oil Stadium. Oh, gosh. That's a great point, Jack. There and uh, Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. Uh, remember, the only reason the Titans lost that game two years ago to the uh, Joe Burrow-led Bengals was because uh, was because of the shadows in the that shadows. stadium. They are the, the worst. And Lucas Oil, oh, they're so bad there, too. Great point, Jack. Great point. And see, that's how we bring back Daylight Savings Time back into Titans talk because we are true professionals. <laughs> and now I guess we'll talk about the things that you guys actually came to this podcast to hear. Yes, yeah. uh, all of the free agency moves. There's been so much. Let's start with the guys that were cut, and then we'll go into the, I don't want to call them new additions, just same additions, I guess, uh, that the Titans brought in. But um, Jack, I think I think we would be it would we would be remiss if we did not start this podcast out with a moment of silence for this podcast's own, Mister Roger Saffold. He has been cut, uh, and and since being cut, has signed with Buffalo. But Jack, let's go yeah. ahead and just take a quick moment that. of silence for Roger Saffold. Man, I look, I, I, I said it, I said it the other day on, uh, on Twitter. It should be no surprise that a release comes shortly after a lay. Uh, and we did get Roger Saffold laid. So this, we should not be shocked by this move. We knew it was coming. No pun intended. (laughs) Damn it. Uh, (laughs) so, but this is obviously, I don't like losing Roger Saffold. No. But the shoulder stuff became a concern last season. He, he couldn't finish games a bunch of times. That whole offensive line didn't really play a whole lot together as a unit anyway. Right. And Saffold, right. you know, whether whether it was not being able to start games, which it didn't happen often, but he, he would go down at a, a time or two a game, it seemed, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Where you were just like, oh, is he done for the day? Will he be out next week? I don't know. He's getting up there in age. He's 34 years old. But the good part about this is, yes, he finally got his Pro Bowl nod. Yep. He's going out. He, 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 his message to the Titans fan base was very appreciative, very, very professional. Yeah. So I, I think he's excited. I think he's going to look back on his time at Tennessee and be pretty fond of those those and, days and in those playoff runs. Let it be known, his Pro Bowl came as a Titan. Yeah. Never forget that. And, yeah. But, but what, what the Titans, you know, everyone's going to say, well, why are you going to break up this offensive line? It wasn't even that good last year. Now, now we're going to have more holes than we started with. Well, you save about $10.5 million by getting rid of Saffold. And that obviously creates room for new guys to come in or to be mm-hmm. able to retain your old guys like Harold Landry, who signed a five-year deal worth like, what was it, $87.5 million. So that's $17.5 million a year they're paying Landry. So, you know, in order to keep some of these guys who are younger and those guys you groomed and drafted and are homegrown, you're going to have to get rid of guys on the offensive line when they're getting older, like 34. 34 is, you know, that, that's getting into dangerous territory for an offensive lineman. And people are going to say, well, Ben Jones is getting up there in age. Yeah, but Ben Jones has played in all but one game in his six right. seasons with the Titans. Well, and I think it's also, I don't think people recognize, and I know like the left tackle gets a lot of love and appreciation just because like that is the, that's like the quarterback position of the offensive line. Like you need your best offensive lineman be your left tackle. 
But keep in mind, like a center is a very specific job. And if you have a good center, you do not want to let go of, of a center because it is so hard to do what a center does with both snapping the ball consistently and also being a good blocker, which is not easy to do. And so when you've got one like Ben Jones, you don't want to let him go. You can find another Roger Saffold. You can find another David Quesenberry. All right. But you can't find an like, or you can find another Ben Jones, but it's, it's just harder to do so. So I, I feel like not enough love is given to centers and the importance that they play on an offensive line. You're right. And the centers obviously deal with protect, uh, you know, protection calls at the line of scrimmage, anything late with the play clock winding down. Right. If they see, you know, a savvy veteran D line move around, they've got an idea on how to, how to protect against it. But 96 starts in a possible 97 games for Ben Jones as a Titan, you know, the best of the best ability is availability and reliability right. is a close second. He's both of those things. At the guard position, I got curious, Austin. I was I wondered to myself, you know, at the left guard position, is that really a spot you want to overpay guys at? You know, do do teams who consistently compete for the Super Bowl have a really you know an expensive left guard that, that that's worth the money there? Because you know, interior linemen, it's hard to make a case that those guys are worth all of this money, like your left tackle, the blindside blocker for your QB is, or on even on the right side, just, you know, dealing with the edge rusher on that side as well. Cause we, we see these pass rushers get paid a ton of money. We just saw what Harold Landry hauled in, like I mentioned five for 87 and a half, but looking across the league, the top 10 guards, the top 10 guards, you know, in terms of average salary per year, I'm going to read them off to you. Brandon Scherf just got paid by the Jaguars. I think we all know the Jaguars are not a playoff team. <laughs> Joel Batonio. Whoa, 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 easy with those hot takes here, Jack. Well, we'll get we'll get to the Jags in a second, but Joel Batonio with the Browns, not a playoff team. Joe Thune with the Chiefs is the only exception really here. Wyatt Teller with the Browns, not a playoff team. Brandon Brooks with the Eagles, not really a true contender. I know they made the playoffs, but that's because the field got bigger a couple of years ago and they slid in. Zach Martin with the Cowboys. He's probably you could make a case the best guard in football. So, so maybe the six highest paid guards, not too bad of a deal, although they'd like him on the field more than he's been lately. Lakin Tomlinson with the Jets, not a playoff team. Andrews Pete with, with the Saints, not a playoff team. Number nine on the list, Graham Glasgow with Denver. They weren't a playoff team. Eric Flowers with Washington, not a playoff team. Vitae with the Lions comes in at 11th, not a playoff team. So not many of these teams that are paying guards a ton of money are making the playoffs. You've got to – You've got to rely on a solid enough guard, a guard that is serviceable and you can trust to get the job done in the ground game, not give up too many sacks on the year, and kind of roll with him and spend that big money elsewhere. You don't want to put all that money in your interior offensive line. That really kind of hamstrings you from going out and paying the guys who are going to make a bigger impact on this offense. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's that's important to note. And um, with... Uh, you know, you've got, uh, you've got, I, I thought, I thought this was interesting. So David Quesenberry also um, let go by the Titans, uh, or excuse me, the Titans are just, they're not tendering. This tweet came from Adam Schefter. The Titans are not tendering offensive lineman David Quesenberry per source. He has started 25 straight games, a right tackle for them, and was a top 10 run blocker in 2021 per pro football focus. He is also a cancer survivor. Can't like, forget wow. That. Wow. Thanks, Adam Schefter. 
thanks for making us look like even bigger dicks. Like you really, <laughs> was that second sentence really necessary? Like, or the third sentence, I should say the, I like, yeah. Okay. We get like, yeah, he was great. Start 25 straight games, top 10 run blocker. David Quasimary was awesome with the Titans. He's okay with the Titans. Well, okay. Sorry. But it, top 10 run blocker in 2021 or whatever. Yeah, but again, but all, not... but did you have to throw in that he's also a cancer? Like, see, yeah, we know he's also a cancer star, oh, yeah. but it's like, yeah, that'd be like saying like, oh, David Quesenberry, uh, Titans non-tendering him, you know, started 25 straight games at right tackle for them and was a top 10 run blocker in 2021 per pro football focus. Oh, his grandma also died last week. Yeah, really you know, like, do we have to, notes. right? <laughs> but the Titans paid that off because, you know, obviously David Quesenberry, a guy who's been through so much, you kind of got to reward him along the way. You got to maybe give him an opportunity that not many people have. And on the offensive line position, David Questenberry caught a touchdown pass. People forget that. The Titans that is threw, true. He caught a touchdown pass for the One Titans. One of the greatest wide receivers in Titans history. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. The, the, yeah. The Titans did, did, did this guy a solid, okay? And, and, you know, being an average right tackle right now, I think the Titans feel like they could do better, probably going to get one in the draft. Buck's going to talk about it later this uh, later on this episode, where they think Raidens is going to fit in. But the Questenberry thing, I get it. You can move on. But that was, again, a position last year where they were able to save some money and spend it elsewhere. And, you know, to have a cheap offensive line, which, you know, building through the draft is so critical. Imagine if the Titans – imagine if Raidens had worked out at right tackle or Isaiah Wilson even at right tackle. Those guys are cheap for three, four years. And you don't have to worry about paying these guys the big bucks. You can go spend it at the tight end position or bringing in a third receiver – or hey, maybe a cornerback number two now since Janoris Jenkins is gone. You have a lot more options by pay, you know by with these draft picks panning out. So yeah. uh, they're going to hopefully hit it big with the right tackle in the draft this year, or they're going to be stuck trying to pay a veteran guy cheap money. And you know you you get what you pay for in most of those cases. And the Quesenberries taste like Quesenberries. Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, no. Give me a break. Can you give me a break? All right. All right. I've seen Charlie in the Chocolate Factory many times. I just don't remember. Which one? Which one? The Johnny Depp version or the Gene Wilder version? Johnny Depp version. Of course. You've seen the Gene. Johnny Johnny Depp's Johnny Depp's one of the best actors ever, even though he's I I don't disagree with that, but but to to only see that version, not the OG Gene Wilder version. My goodness. I tell you to watch it, but you probably have nightmares for days. Uh (laughs) Kendall Lamb. Did we mention Kendall Lamb yet? Yeah, why not? Why not? Okay, Kendall Lamb, he was cut, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I think is it should be called a, a lamb chop. Oh, yes. That's what I'm talking about, Austin. And that is why you come to the Tighten Up Podcast, rate, review, subscribe, uh, four and a half stars for the Tup Idiots and 0.5 stars for Buck. The uh, So Kendall Lamb cut and also... Um, they saved $3.3 uh, $3 million in cutting Kendall Lamb, by the way, which is, uh, you know, a decent chunk of money. They probably, I mean, you could argue that they cut Lamb to keep Swain because Swain's deal is, what, one year 3.5? That, that uh, so, sounds I like mean, a saying. He cut Lamb to keep Swain. It sounds like, a, <laughs> you know, you pay, what is it? You pay the pipe, pay the popper? You pay the piper. Pay, or no, something I don't know to, the saying that you're going for, though. The popper? Damn it, there's a saying there. Tuppers, help me out. Tweet at me at Austin Hoff. Let me know uh, if you know the saying I'm trying to think of. The the popper. Something about the popper. Oh, no, no. You, you What is it? You you pay Paul. Pay, pay Paul? Pay Paul. PayPal. Venmo. Pay Paul to... No, you rob Peter to pay Paul. Rob Peter to pay yes. Paul. 
you cut and what did we say originally you cut lamb to keep to keep swaim swaim you cut lamb to keep swaim that's a new saying in we the figure it out we figured we figure it out podcast. look we're good uh the and then um also darrington evans man that i that wish one, that would worked out darrington evans was cut by the titans left nashville and was picked up by the chicago bears Look, I don't want to say that guys have a lot of success when they leave Nashville and move to Chicago, but I'm not going to not say it, Jack. You've got a morning show up there. I've it got a morning show, dude. I've got a freaking morning show, okay? Things are going pretty well. In Darrington the, uh, Evans and those type of guys that the Titans draft, it seems like once every three, four years. They draft this backup running back that's going that's supposed to at least ball in the right. preseason and impress everybody in the return yep. game. Never works. Uh, Fluellen was, was a guy who they tried there. Yeah. Jeremy McNichols, while although Jeremy McNichols can always say, Hey, you remember, you remember the Jets game? You remember that Jets game? I do. That's that's a good, but that's a good a rebuttal by him. Yeah. So it, it just sucks that Darrington Evans never worked out. He's always injured. I would love to see what he's able to do healthy because, you know, the Bears just got rid of Tariq Cohen. So maybe they're thinking, Hey, we can get rid of this guy and bring in this guy. And as long as the doctors are, are doing their job, maybe it works out. But uh, to Bears fans, I would say don't hold your breath on that one. Yeah. Well, so Dar- Darrington Evans to me is like the um, like the healthy food that you buy at the grocery store. Like you're going through the grocery store and you're like, oh, this will be, this will be, this will be. I, you know what? I need to start eating more beets or whatever. You know, like some healthy snack that you're like, oh, this will be good. I I need him for when you know I'm I'm hungry. I'll snack on my beets instead of snacking on you know Ritz crackers or whatever you may mm-hmm. be normally snacking on. And then after a while, you realize, oh damn, those beets went bad. Uh, those beets are expired now. They've only been here for three days. How this? I gotta so get bad. rid of it. I gotta, you know, it's like I okay, I gotta get rid. of it. It's like you like the idea of Darrington Evans, and you thought it was it, you were going to utilize him more, and you just couldn't. And obviously, like he was healthy, he was uh, injured all the time, which was kind of going back. If you go back to the um, uh, the week that John Robinson cried at the combine. And he was asked about Darrington Evans. He he basically said in no fewer words of like, well, he was always injured, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it. And then he immediately went on to talk about Dontrell Hilliard and uh, and Deonta Foreman. That right there, looking back, pretty damn telling about how the Titans felt about Darrington Evans. It's like, look, if you can't, you you say it all the time. The best availability is. Um, available the best Avail- ability is available the best of yeah the best ability is availability and he he just was never available now jack never. this this now poses the new question the titans need another back in their backfield and both Dontrell hilliard and deonta foreman are unrestricted free agents i have a feeling someone is going to pay deonta foreman a lot I don't, I don't think he'll Don- get a lot well sorry he'll get a starting job somewhere He'll, he'll give you, be able to compete for a start. He should be able to, right? After yes. what we saw last right. year. I, I don't well, know and, how and considering teams who say that he can't. Right. And considering his performance in the playoffs, which let's be honest, more NFL teams watch the playoffs than they watch the regular season. So it's fresh on everyone's mind what he can do. When he outrushes, you know, or has it puts together a better rushing performance than Derrick Henry in a game, that's going to, people are going to take note of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel like, it's unlikely for the Titans to get him back, but if you had your choice, put your John Robinson pants on, okay? Maybe start shedding a few tears. 
Sorry, I, I'm not making fun of him when I say it. I actually <laughs> loved, I loved him crying. We didn't even actually talk about that on this podcast, but I love John Robinson crying because uh, he truly cares. But if put your John Robinson pants on, Jack. Okay. Who who do you want in that backfield? Dontrell Hilliard or Deonta Foreman? Well, let me start by saying I want Derrick Henry in my backfield. Well, uh, yes, as your RB2. <laughs> or we're looking at RB2. I'm not, so, we're not getting rid of uh, here's the, the king. Well, here's the decision you, you can make because Deontay Foreman is kind of like a Derrick Henry insurance policy, right? He, if if Derrick Henry can't go, what's the next closest thing I can find and afford? That's Deontay Foreman. But with a healthy Derrick Henry, which I get it, he's getting older and he's coming off this foot injury. We're going to see how he responds this season, you know, having a full offseason to get better. Yeah. But I can't wait still for the workout videos, though. I, we, I'm surprised we haven't gotten one yet, but my goodness, yeah. he needs to drop a workout video quickly. I agree. But there, there's still a need. While the Titans have that starting running back position filled with Derrick Henry, there's still a need for a third down guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Don Dontrell Hill, Hilliard proved that he could do that. He could catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run it a little as well. Um, so if you're asking me which one I think the Titans can get the most out of, I think it would be Hilliard. Although the better of the two and the one that is more complete is definitely Foreman. But when you have Henry, I don't really see a point in also having Foreman right. unless, you know, he's just available on the waiver wire or somewhere where, where if, if Derrick Henry goes down a game or two, then, hey, let's bring this guy in. He'll rush for a good 80 to 100, and we'll call it a day, probably get a win. De- well, Deontay Foreman's too good to be lingering on the, the waiver wire, the free agency pool this year, especially after what he showed everyone last year. He's going to get picked up somewhere. But yeah. I think that Hilliard makes the most sense. More bang for your buck, you're going to get out right. of Dontrell Hilliard. And I think I think most Titans fans would be like, this is a no-brainer, Deontay Foreman, no, no, no question. But when you're building a backfield – you want to make sure that you have uh, someone to zig to counteract your zag, basically. Mm-hmm. So Derrick Henry, we know what Derrick Henry does well. On third downs, Derrick Henry's probably coming off the field, unless it's third and short. Like, he's coming off the field, and you're putting in your third down back, which is a, a majority of what the role of this player will do. Because up until this past season, Derrick Henry doesn't miss games. So if he can stay healthy, which I think, I'm thinking Derrick Henry is going to return to normal. Maybe I'm naive in saying that, but I think Derrick Henry is going to be back to Derrick Henry of old. So he's not going to be missed in games. So the only playing time your RB2 is going to get is on third downs for the most part. So you need someone that is more, um, I don't want to say dynamic, but like versatile, I guess, uh, at the running back position. Yeah. yeah, someone who can catch the football, someone and who can run. you don't want to spend money on that guy like they did run Deion routes. Lewis at one point in time. You that's don't a, want to spend that's, money on your third down back. That's a, that's a great point. That is a great point. Um, so I Dontrell fits that role better than a Deonta Foreman does. Dontrell Hilliard is that he can be that pass-catching back. He can, you know, Lord knows how much we know how much Todd Downing loves the screen pass to Dontrell Hilliard. So, it, like... That would be Dontrell Hilliard's, like he would be better suited for that role. However, with all of that said, I still, man, I would love to just have Deonta Foreman back because I think he is a, just, he runs with, with power and he runs with speed. And like, I don't know. I just, I, I like him and I I think he can do a lot of things well. And so even with all, everything that I said in defense of Dontrell Hilliard, I would still go Deonta Foreman. While we're spouting off medieval phrases, here's one for you. 
Okay. A jack of all trades is a master of none. So Dontrell, Dontrell Hilliard, while he can do more things, yeah, he's not as good of a runner. He doesn't do one thing at an elite level. You could say that, that neither does Foreman, but I think Titans fans know that Foreman is better, just a pure runner. He's a much better, you know, between the tackles guy. So while, while he can't catch the ball, he does one thing better than that, better than Hilliard does one thing. Hilliard does two things well, but neither of those things he does as well as, you know, Deontay Foreman does running the ball. So that's kind of what you're sacrificing by going Hilliard, just because you don't have that guy that's dependable if Derrick Henry gets hurt in the middle of the game, or if you want to limit workload, you know, send this guy in, let him run the ball 10 right, times a game. Right, right. I don't think that Hilliard's that guy, but last year, I mean, 350 yards, two touchdowns running the ball. And in eight games, he caught 19 passes. So that's over two pass, two catches a game um, for Hilliard. And, you know, some of those games, he didn't really play many snaps at all. But they use him in the passing game. And that's, that's a, I think that's an advantage. I think that that added, you know, skill really separates him. And, and you know, is probably what it landed him a roster spot last year anyways. Maybe it'll do it again this year. The only rebuttal I'd say to you, Jack, is uh, in to your Jack of all trades, master of none commentary is Cheesecake Factory, man. I mean, look at that. That their freaking menu is a phone book. Mm-hmm. And to me, it is all delicious. Oh, okay. I I mean, look, I don't want to I don't want to sit here and sound like Vince Young or anything, but Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> They do a lot and it is so good. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to go drop 10 K at the cheesecake factory. No, but I long. easily could. I yeah. easily could see myself doing that. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't blame. I, I think I was the only person in Nashville when that story came out about Vince Young who didn't blame Vince Young for dropping 10 K. Yeah, if factory. I had the means to do it, I probably would do it as well. Right. You know, it's, like, just, okay. it's just not having the means to do it. That's the only thing holding me back from doing it. We'd right. all probably do it. And Vince Young would look like one of us, one of us. Right. It, it, now, Vince Young came out and dropped 10000 at, like, Long John Silver's. Then I'd be like, okay, <laughs> what, what this dude's crazy. But Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, get a couple of cocktails in you, order, like, one of everything. It's so, like, that, and that I've never gotten to the end of of uh, the Cheesecake Factory. Well, no, you got to get, I mean, it's only open it's, so many hours of the day, you know. I'm pretty sure J.R.R. Tolkien wrote the Cheesecake Factory menu. It's That's how long it is. Which is worse, $10,000 at the Cheesecake or $50 at Taco Bell? Oh, it's hard geez. to spend 50 at that, Taco Bell. It is hard. It's very hard to do it, but I could see myself doing that too. Like, <laughs> That's more in our budget, right? <laughs> right, cheesecake, yeah. Just as heinous as spending $50 at the Taco Bell. <laughs> Should I buy this used car or just buy everything on the Cheesecake Factory menu? <laughs> Vince Young went with the latter. Um, all right. the And then uh, Janoris Jenkins cut uh, by the Titans. Um, he, uh, I think we saw this one coming, right? Like, I don't think this is yeah. a shock to anyone. I would have been upset if he was probably, I think I would have been more upset if he was there than, than the Titans cutting it. He was serviceable. I think serviceable. Yeah, probably the perfect word to describe him. Not not much more, not much worse. He he gave you, in my opinion, and this may be a hot take. I don't even know if it is a hot take, but I don't think it is. In my opinion, he gave you what you were asking for out of a cornerback two yeah. position. Yeah, I think so too. So, yeah. What well, I think Titans fans maybe when they signed the name Janoris Jenkins, they're expecting him to probably be the best cornerback on the field for the Titans because you know, right, getting into right. this season, we didn't really know what Christian Fulton had in him. Sure. Now we know that Christian Fulton is, you know, 
a rising star, you know, bona fide CB one, if not next year, the, the year after. But I think that, you know, he, I'm comfortable as a Titans fan with Christian Fulton covering the best guy on the field. I think that yeah. that's okay. And people are going to say, well, Jamar Chase burned him that one time. Yeah, but Jamar Chase burned everybody. We saw what happened to Jalen Ramsey in the Super Bowl. And and if that's the only thing Jamar Chase did in that game, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, Janoris Jenkins, while he was useful, Caleb Farley should be ready to go before, uh, you know, the start of the season. Now he's still going to have to get back into that that rhythm and, and adjust yeah. to the NFL level, which, you know, it, it's tough for guys to do. But you drafted him in the first round for a reason. You kind of got to trust your gut. That's... And at the same time, maybe go out and find a veteran for cheap, not a John Jonathan and... Joseph veteran. That that was my only concern with this cutting. Uh, like again, I get it. I don't. I'm not. I don't blame it at all. But it worries me now that that entire cornerback room is entirely made up of second year guys. Yeah, like, like nobody in that room can drink a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Elijah Molden. I love Elijah Molden in the slot. I think he's going to be a great slot yeah. guy. But you still got to fill that void at CB two, especially right. when you look across the AFC right. and all these quarterbacks that are now here, give, along with some of these receivers. Give me one cornerback who can like legally rent a car. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like that's all I ask. Um, just get someone back in there. And six point nine million dollars they saved by cutting Jenkins, though. That's a good chunk of change. Right, and I know a lot of people like look. A lot of people are ripping Janoris Jenkins, uh, aka Jackrabbit. I. I like how like right after he's cut, we go back to calling him Janoris Jenkins. Um, they they like he's cut. A lot of people are kind of ripping him. I went with the easy joke on Twitter of uh, you know, oh, it looks like Jack Rabbit gets burnt one more time. Uh, very simple, <laughs> low hanging fruit by yeah. me. Um, but I will say this: I it should not be forgotten. His interception of Jimmy Garoppolo in the end zone huge in the 49ers play. game which i would say a season defining play and i uh, look he deserves you know he, he he did not live up to what we expected him to it let us down a lot of times but there were plays that he did make throughout the season and that especially was one of them because if you think about this jack janoris jenkins doesn't make that interception do the, the niners buy the niners go up by three touchdowns or three scores i guess i should say because yeah. it would have been like 17 to nothing and Jimmy Garoppolo, okay. it's still plenty of time for Jimmy Garoppolo to blow that game. Still but, plenty of time, but harder. 17 to nothing is much different than 10 to nothing with the ball. Yeah. Okay. So Titans, let's say the Titans lose that game. Then the Titans don't get the one seed in the playoffs and they're playing that first week in the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> yeah, with <but> probably <laughs> maybe not a home game. I'm just, there's some pessimistic Titans things. fans out there that are going to say, well, what would they have done? Lost one week earlier? Like, you know, yeah, right, because right, you get to buy and then you still lose. So I'm just saying it. What like does it, it mean? To get, look, and I, I know there's a lot of people that are like, you know, don't be proud of getting the one seat in the AFC. I, I am not in that camp. I think, I, I look, is it what I wanted the Titans to do? No, but I am. If it's what a they accomplished last year, I mean, it's, right, it's a exactly. goal you set for yourself in the regular season. You, you're the, the picture is obviously much bigger than that. And yes. I think it is in the, I think the Titans building would agree, but it's a regular season goal that was achieved. Right. Now you got to figure out how to achieve your postseason goals. Now yes, that's the big yes, problem. Yes. yes. So, but and that, and that goal is not achieved. Think about that. If they don't get that and they lose in the first round of the playoffs, they didn't achieve any goals this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe the division. That's it. But like it's a, it's, they didn't the achieve any. So like, Janoris how Jenkins. How could you even not win the division? I think what I'm saying is Janoris Jenkins deserves a statue outside of Nissan Coliseum. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll sign that petition. Okay. And we'll just make it just one giant rabbit. 
Um, <laughs> and then, uh, man, geez, there's so much to get to. Uh, all right, let's just tackle these real quick. Ben Jones signing. We kind of covered that. I think that's a, I think that's a, that had to be done. He's getting paid, which he deserves to be paid. He's been a great, very service, over serviceable offensive lineman for the Titans at center. I think he, he holds down that offensive line. He's kind of like, um, when it comes to personality, he's kind of like the antithesis of Taylor Lewan. you know, like they're both very good players, but Ben Jones does so without, you know, just kind of minding his own business and just, yeah, doing he's it. more of the be seen, not heard guy on yes. that line. Taylor yeah. Lewan is the be seen and definitely heard. Heard. Guy <laughs> yeah. 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 Heard uh, every Wednesday on uh, the, the bus and boys podcast. But uh, so Ben Jones, the deal isn't too, too terrible. You know, t- two years, $14 million with 7 million a year for you guys at home um, yeah. who struggle with math. <laughs> um so so seven million dollars a year it's not it's really not bad and it still no. gives you the opportunity to spend your money um on other areas and really on that offensive line more specifically because they're yes. going to have to do that whether it's you know drafting a guy in the first round or signing a veteran guy to come in and play right tackle mm-hmm. you're going to have to probably you're going to have to fill that void there isn't a probably about it you're going to have right. to definitely do that at some point so i think retaining ben jones it would be tough to lose your left guard, your center, and then have to yes. bring in a new right tackle. That's a lot of movement in one offseason. Right. So I'm happy that they're keeping some continuity there. Jones is a guy that Tannehill clearly trusts, clearly likes, and they've got a great rapport. Um, I think that Jones is really kind of a, a, an underrated cornerstone for this Titans culture. I think he's perfect for the locker room, perfect for the, for the culture, and I'm, I'm happy he's back. I would be worried if they had to replace a center because that's tough to do. Um, and then, uh, this isn't gonna, it's not gonna be a sexy signing for the Titans, but it should be. It's a, uh, it's a signing that to me is just as important as bringing in Bud Dupree and Danico Autry last year. It's re-signing Harold Landry. Yeah. Um, and I, Marco Jones for a second. Oh no, Jamarco. Oh, we'll get to Jamarco. <laughs> oh, we're getting to Jamarco. I was just like, are we wait. gonna go there with Jamarco Jones? But no, because that's right. that's beyond sexy of a hire. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, that's a oh my gosh, that's a I gotta awkwardly adjust my pants whenever I see Jamarco Jones in two tone blue. We're gonna Jack try and to get Jamarco joke. Jones on the podcast. I think that has to be done. We always joke about the 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 Titans that we'd love to see in two tone blue, Jamarco Jones. Oh, I had him circled for, since the season ended. Oh, my gosh. I Ever since he was drafted, I was like, the Titans got to find a way to bring him. They've got to get this guy on the roster. Look, when a Jamarco becomes available, you jump on that Jamarco. But so let's talk about the Landry deal because it's I mentioned five five years, $87.5 million, $17.5 million a year. Good for him. Good for him. He, he gets the bag that he wanted. The Titans paid it. And a lot of There's some Titans fans that are – you know, not going to be happy with them spending that amount of money there, but you kind of have to, you can't let guys like that get out of the building. No. Yes. You don't want to see a Harold Landry down the road in the AFC, probably in the AFC West with the amount of pass rushers that those teams have signed this off season, just destroying quarterbacks and being like, well, what if we didn't pinch our, what if we just spent that extra two to $3 million? Yeah. You yeah. know, we could, we could be in, you know, probably in, in the Super Bowl. He's a guy that can get you to the Super Bowl especially if Bud Dupree's healthy on the other side and helping him out. So you got to pay him. And while it is a a pretty steep price, he plays just about every down. He's not a situational pass rusher like Davian Clowney was. He's out there, you know, first, second, and third down. So Yeah, Harold Landry is everything we thought Jadavian Clowney was going to be. 
And I want Titans fans to realize that. I want Titans fans to realize like Harold Landry is the girlfriend that you've been dating for a long time. And this girlfriend, she like cooks for you. She makes, she makes you dinner every night of the week. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. You know, at first you're like, oh man, yes. Okay. You know, like Harold Landry this year, uh, racking up what, what do you have? Like 13 sacks, I think. 12 and a half. And I think he finished with 12 and a half, something like 12 that. 12 and a half sacks. So you're like, oh yeah, this is awesome. But then it's like over time, you get used to the dinners. You get used to getting made dinner every night and it doesn't become as special. And even though it's still a great thing, you're like, oh, I'm, you know, 12 sacks. All right. Look, it's going down as I talk. Uh, the, you're like, this is not as great as I thought it was, you know, or, or I'm not, no, you're just like, you get used to it. So it's become, it comes the norm. And then all of a sudden you see other girls out there, you know, out, you know, maybe like out on the street, you know, you're like, and then you start thinking, man, it'd be so great to get with that girl. Meanwhile, you're dating this girl. You're forgetting about these dinners that you're making, you're getting served to you every day. All right. If you break up with, with this girl, if you let this girl walk out the door, there goes the dinners. Okay. You're eating and Chef Boyardee three times a week. You don't want to do that. And that's the thing. You don't know if you bring another girl in. If you start dating a new girl, you don't even know if she's going to make dinners for you. So why, like, why is this Harold Landry signing not as sexy as bringing in someone off the streets? Because to me, it's very sexy. This is amazing. And this is a great signing. It keeps together that core of that defensive line that you put together. And, and do you know what else it does? It tells every single Titan on that defense that if you work your ass off and you go from Boston College defensive lineman, edge rusher, that Harold Landry was to now what he is today, that the Titans will pay you. If you work your ass off, you get to that point, you have that development that Harold Landry had throughout his career, you will get paid. So that, that it only keeps the guys around him that much more hungry. He's got 26 and a half sacks in the last three years, which is up there when you talk about, you know, some of the best edge rushers in football. But with this contract, you're not exactly paying for what he has done, even though he's done quite a lot in the last three years. But you're kind of also paying because he's still a young guy. He's 25 years old, will be 26 in June. So you're for a guy who's going to turn 26 before the season starts, you're paying for what you can still get out of him. Yeah, he, right. You know, being 20, turning 26, this is the prime of his career. We, he clearly just, you know, not that he just figured it out because he had a nine sack season in his second year with the Titans, you know, playing less snaps, but there's no, it's kind of hard to put a, a ceiling on that guy. He's out there every play. He's got a high motor. He, he doesn't take plays off, which is a big problem with that position across the league. Yes. Yeah. So you're paying not just for what he's done so far for the Titans, but you're paying for, potential production production down the line which you you know in in the next five years you've got until he's 30 make a decision once he hits the big 3-0 on what you want to do with him but to get a guy like Landry to pay to play his first 10 seasons with the Titans no injuries really haven't been a problem for him like I mentioned he's got a high motor so you're not gonna have to worry about effort and the production finally kicked up to an elite level last season when he finished what 10th in the NFL in sacks so you're getting a, a a a guy that this franchise hasn't really had. I know Arakpo was fine, but on those teams, it really didn't matter. The Titans were, were what? Are you a year removed from having yes. one of the worst yes. pass rushes in football? Right. And, and that's now the you thing. want to let this guy get out of town? Don't no forget sense. the dinners. Do not forget the dinners, Titans fans. Like, this is a good thing, okay? 
you do not want to let someone like that walk out the door. Um, Jack, did you, did we mention when we were talking about Ben Jones, the, the Titans added a void year in 2024 for Ben Jones to keep his number down for 2022. So that's good. That's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some cap space. Uh, so you could push, you could push some of that towards the back end. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have some cap space talk with Buck coming up here in just a second. Um, and then, uh, uh, last thing, Jamarco Jones, two years, uh, $5.75 million deal, including $3.15 million guaranteed. I can see it right now, Austin. Yeah. Jamarco Jones, Jersey retirement center and Nissan field. Oh, damn. His offensive line buddies around him. Yeah. They hang Jamarco Jones's name up next to, you know, Jeff Fisher and what should be the mustache pennant, but isn't sure. Right. Yes. Yes. As it should be. His, in the Jeff Fisher's stadium, banner should just be a mustache. Go on. It'll happen week eight, the same year the Titans host the Super Bowl in 2027. Okay. You just gotta. You gotta. It, this I'm vision boarding right now. Okay. Well, you're giving me a Jamarco Bones, if you know what I'm saying. Hey. <laughs> uh, I I don't honestly. I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and fake it with you guys. I know nothing about Jamarco Jones, but it seems great. I don't know. It's I. <laughs> this is the great. This is the top analysis you get with the Tied Up podcast. But I'm not gonna fake it with you. I don't know anything about Jamarco Jones. I could read you off stats and numbers and things like that, but I would just be faking it. He's Jack, a, do you do he, you have any any insight into this Jamarco Jones deal? Yeah, what he is is essentially, from my understanding, he's kind of a swing tackle guy who could be added, you know, as a depth piece. You get rid of Lamb, you kind of bring in Jones. He spent, yeah. spent some time with the Seahawks, but, you know, anyone that plays offensive line for the Seahawks, it's hard for me to come around to. Um, looks like, what do we got here? Yeah, he played in 36 games in the last three seasons with the Seahawks, um, started in seven over the last three years, started two last year. I think he's kind of an, a break glass in case of emergency guy for uh, maybe it's Taylor Lewan, maybe it's whoever they bring in at right tackle, but clearly a depth signing on the offensive line, the edge of the offensive line. Um, and look, you know how, you know us, we're big name guys here on this podcast. So a Joe Marco, Titans could use a Joe Marco. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I think that's, that should be uh, stated. Um, yeah, we we lost did- Woodrow Hamilton last year. We need a big name guy. Jamarco Jones could fill that. Yeah. Um, every time I think we're going to get to Buck, I, I forget that we have one more thing to talk about. Uh, real quick, uh, Juju Smith, Jarvis Landry. Uh, there's been some talk about Titans adding a wide receiver. And Juju Smith and obviously Jarvis Landry are both available. The Browns cutting Jarvis Landry and uh, Juju Smith is a free agent. Uh, I don't I don't think Juju's going back to the Steelers. I could be wrong, but uh, that doesn't seem like a it, it it fit well from the beginning. It was like Juju was Antonio Brown light. He was the great value Antonio Brown to where like he was kind of a distraction and rubbed, you know, the Steelers are a very business, you know, very um, straight laced franchise and Juju was not that. And so they, I didn't think they liked him. So I don't see them bringing him back, but that if he is a free agent potential for the Titans to come back and Jack, uh, pretty high potential for the Titans to sign Juju Smith. Well, according to Jamie Eisner of the Draft Network, yes, he is the Titans listed as favorites to land Juju Smith-Schuster. For, for you know, we we asked Buck about this as well, so stick around for Buck's opinion. But when we get to the odds here, Juju Smith-Schuster's next team, if not Pittsburgh, so if not Pittsburgh, you've got to 
because Pittsburgh still has a chance to get them. But the Titans sure. are favorites. Falcons, Ravens, Eagles, Chiefs, Bears, Chargers right behind them. You have the Jaguars at 10 to 1 odds. I mean, they could pay him $50 million. But what's happened right now is the Jaguars have completely blown up the wide receiver market. We haven't really seen many wide receivers get signed at all because the Jaguars just gave 18 to $21 million a year to Christian Kirk, who right. was a and wide receiver not... three on his team last year. Right. So and it should it, be noted, that's not Kirk Cameron that we're talking about. It's a yeah. different Christian Kirk. And we'll talk about the Jags more after, after Buck, which I'm extremely excited to just bash the Jaguars. Man, I can't wait. But that's why no, none of these receivers are moving is because yeah. teams are figuring out how to navigate around the Jaguars resetting the entire market right. at that position. And they've right. done it not just not just for receivers, but they've done it all over the board. Yeah, I they're mean, instilling growing pains into everyone else in the league, and it's very frustrating what they're doing, which we'll get into that after yeah. Buck, what the Jaguars are doing. Um, but just so right. so but so a lot of people, a lot of mumbling going around, Juju Smith, Jarvis Landry. And, and I feel like amongst Titans fans, there's been a little bit of a debate. If the Titans do land one of them, which one do you want? I don't, I'm going in with expectations that the Titans aren't getting either. Kind of like what the Rob Gronkowski rumors over the weekend. I kind of went into it being like, there's, I, even with as much as it made sense and with mutual interest, I was like, it's not happening. And sure enough, Brady comes back and that's, and now it's definitely not happening. It's just so rare. And after getting Julio Jones in a trade, which every Titans fan in the world, I think wanted to happen. Yeah. What are the chances that this kind of thing happens two years in a row, especially after seeing what the Titans got out of Julio Jones. Now I know right, that was a trade right. and not free agency, but there's still have a lot of money tied up with him. And then you got AJ's contract coming up. You're going to have to extend him potentially before the season starts. So you're going to have a lot of money tied up there anyways. I think it just makes the most sense to go out and find a guy in the draft. There's a, yeah. This wide receiver class is better than a lot of people are given credit for, and there's a lot more speed in this class. I think there were eight dudes that ran under four fours. So, you know, you may not even have to get a guy in the first round. I, I think you could do, do well by finding one guy like that in the third round or, you know, you trade up to the second, whatever it may be. But signing Juju or Jarvis Landry, I just – I don't know that it makes a ton of sense. Well, and the Jarvis Landry, to me, makes – Little to zero sense uh, because there uh, I, I saw a report out this week uh, that was it was an older report, but a report that Jarvis and Ryan Tannehill were not getting along well in uh, Miami. So you're not going to bring in a guy that your quarterback, you know, has, you know, no matter which side of the aisle the beef is coming from, you're not going to instill that into your team, like especially when you can, you know, either add through the draft or through free agency yeah. with Juju Smith or something. And with Jarvis Landry, what he said, he spoke to NFL Network, um, Siciliano and somebody else, I believe. And they asked Landry, you know, what did he think about not hearing from Tannehill once he got traded from the Dolphins to the Browns? And Landry responded by saying, quote, we didn't really have a good relationship anyway, so I'm not, so I'm not end quote from Landry about being surprised on not hearing yeah. from Tannehill. So I, I don't know that that makes a whole bunch of sense. You've got such a good locker room now. Jarvis Landry is kind of a hothead, um, kind of like a Brandon Marshall light. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I think that, right. I don't, I don't know that bringing him into Tennessee would be such a great idea. The uh, yeah. Also I should, I should uh, this whole, this whole segment, I've been calling him Juju Smith. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster. I should give him his full, proper, uh, full name title. Government name. Hyphenated. Yeah, Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, 
is who we were referring to. So if you were thinking we were talking about just Juju Smith, you're wrong. Uh, the uh, last thing before Buck, uh, Titans president. Uh, is it Burke Nihil? Nihil. Nihil. Burke, but it is Nihil. Burke, though. Yeah. Burke Nihil. He's informed Metro Sports Authority that the team wants to build a new stadium next to Nissan Stadium, Nissan Coliseum. There's a typo here. By 2026. Uh, he says it's aggressive, but we believe it's in play. Nashville is among the cities bidding to host the 2026 World Cup. And as Jack predicted earlier, the 2027 Super Bowl. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, I, I actually, prior to this report, this dropped today on Tuesday, on the day we were recording this. Prior to this coming out, I actually heard from a you know pretty connected source, I guess. I don't the want to tub like, has sources, people. The tub has sources. I don't want to be like super journalistic here, but um uh, I did hear that a, through a very well connected source through Nashville that this exact thing that the Titans want to build a stadium in the parking lot uh away, the parking lot in between Titan Stadium and Stadium Inn, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh in that's in that parking lot, build the a new stadium and then obviously tear down Nissan Coliseum and make that parking lot to the river. So I don't know. I don't know how true this is, but I feel like, you know, I feel like some, some deals are being made, some handshakes, handshakes are being had. And I think I I'm, I'm beginning to believe that this is going to happen. I think Good. the Titan stadium is like, is not just off season hypothetical for us to talk about until football starts. I legitimately think that, movement is happening and the Titans are going to get a new stadium and they're going to redevelop that whole land at a second pedestrian bridge is what Ooh. I heard. So, so like, I'm just like, I'm and like really develop that river, um, uh, that riverfront on that side as well. So I don't know. I don't know. People are talking. Which bridge do you think ha- would have the best street drummers, the OG pedestrian bridge or the new bridge? Ooh, that's a good question. It's hard to go against the OG pedestrian bridge because really, frankly, it's all we've known. And for where do the Bang This Twins go? You remember the Bang This Twins? Uh, oh, I do I remember the Bang yeah, This they're, Twins? They're still there. They're still oh. kicking. And I banged it. No, I did not bang no, it. You, I don't know you don't want to bang that. those twins. That was weird. Uh, the um, <laughs> I, I would say the new pedestrian bridge to answer your question. Yeah. New pedestrian bridge just because everyone flocks to what's new and I think that would that would do that. Although it's hard to go against the the one feeds right into lower broad and that's uh that's tough and you know that's where most of the foot traffic will come from is lower yeah, broad i agree that's tough. I, I think that's i'm tough. still taking the pedestrian bridge because i haven't seen enough out of this new bridge yet since it's simply not been built to give me trust that i can walk across it without it crumbling you know i yeah. i know walking across that pedestrian bridge that hey i'm safe up here this bridge will not collapse at any moment so I'm going to stick to what's worked in the past. Uh, and last thing I'll say before we get to Buck, the Titans are not tendering offensive lineman David Quesenberry per source. He has started 25 straight games at right tackle for them and was a top 10 run blocker in 2021 per pro football focus. His pet kitten was diagnosed with pneumonia shortly after his house burning down. <laughs> that comes via Adam Schefter. Thank you for that, Adam <laughs> Schefter. <laughs> But Come first, on, we it worked here, you know. Mustenberry had a shot. That's what I'm saying. He well. have, he'll get a, he'll get a chance somewhere else. Uh, Schefter did not need to rub that in. I think sh- that leads me to believe that Schefter is the guy 
on the Titans Wikipedia pages that adds that they lost to the St. Louis Rams quarterback by Kurt <laughs> yeah, Warner. Yeah. I that I think that Schefter is that guy who adds that sentence in every Wikipedia page. All right, let's get to Buck. But before we do, let's first get a word from DraftKings. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yup, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and draw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code A to Z Sports. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code A to Z Sports. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red 1-800-889-9788. All right, we're joined now by a guy that we haven't had on this podcast in far too long. Uh, it's probably because we share a, uh, a podcast feed with him. So it's kind of like we're roommates. So, you know, it's like you, you don't want to bring your roommate on too much, uh, I guess. But uh, you know him from 104.5 The Zone. You know him from A to Z Sports Primetime. You know him from uh, just about everywhere. Like everywhere you turn your head, you're going to see this guy's face pop up. He is Buck Rising. Buck, how are you, dude? Uh, it's a pleasure to be back on the award-winning yeah. Podcast. That's right. Thank that's you. Right. Thank you. you. Thank both. you. Yes. Thank you for giving us our props because <laughs> well, that's we deserve it. If not award winning, I, I don't know what award I can give you that you've not already been in contention for. But right. It's a pleasure to see you boys. It has <laughs> well, been far too long. Unfortunately, I don't have all of the uh, you know accolades that Luke Worsham typically brings to the podcast. No, no. Well, no, no one does. We yeah. wouldn't expect that. from He's the he's Nashville's you know? most handsome man. Right. He's he's had a serious he's had a serious glow up since. And Jack and I, as we do, we like to take credit for it since he started. He came on our podcast the very first time. Now, all of a sudden, he's like uh, like he's slowly morphing into this like uh, thirst trap, I guess. Titans Media's Charlie Whitehurst. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Sands the hair. (laughs) Next time he comes on, he's going to have a wide brim hat on. It's only a matter of time. (laughs) There's zero percent chance that Luke Worsham would ever put on a wide brim hat, although I'm actively rooting for that aesthetic. Yeah, you guys are responsible for this, and that's why he's been knockoff PK hot take on my timeline lately. It seems like the attention is working for him. I'm very happy for Luke. We are too. Hey, um, how happy are you with your Colts right now? We know you're a big Colts fan, potentially uh, Andrew Luck. Huge Colts guy. But uh, are, are you thrilled with the Gardner Minshew rumors or, you know, how do you feel about moving on from Carson Wentz? I'm just delighted to see Marcus Mariota in a Colts uniform twice. Oh, playing in there the it is. <laughs> AFC South. Come on. You, you know, you know, you two want it. Like as a Titans fan, how could you not be rooting for that to be the outcome? And I mean, 
the Colts are the Colts are just in the worst possible situation in any of these teams because they let the best available option go. They traded him away in Carson Wentz, which is insane to think about. But like, they're not doing any better than that. That's why they're screwing around and calling the Texans yesterday. Just see if mm. there's an opportunity to get the Sean Watson or for nothing else to leak it to Adam Schefter so your fan base doesn't crucify when crucify you when they ask you why you didn't call about the Sean Watson. So yeah. it's just it's all downhill for that organization. You know it's looking bad when they're like kicking themselves when the Steelers sign Mitch Trubisky. You're like, damn it, we could have had him. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy G twice a year, boys. That's it's that or Mariota. And at this point I don't know which sounds more disastrous or which one would tug more at your heartstrings. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I would want, like I want Mariota just cause I want to see him succeed. I want to see him start again. I want to see him do well, but I don't want him seeing sure. him twice a year in the same division. And because this is what's going to happen. The Colts sign Mariota. He just has this resurgence year, uh, you know, gets a couple of MVP votes even, and then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, beats the Titans twice. And then the Mariota stands that we know exist in the bowels of Titans fandom are going to jump out and they're going to say, told you so this is what we've been talking about for the last four years. Yeah, none of that's going to happen because Marcus <laughs> Mariota is single-handedly responsible for the worst football game I've ever watched in my life, 16 to nothing, 2019 Broncos. against Denver. That, of course, yeah. also know as the Ryan Tannehill game. So, no, I, uh, I I understand why you fear this. It's a completely <laughs> rational sports fan fear to see a former player go and join another hated organization and rise back to the top. But, uh, you know, with all due respect to Marcus, who I – genuinely respect and uh and enjoyed my time covering him he is not at a stage in his football playing career where that is the possibility yeah. so because he he quarterbacked the worst game you've ever seen in your life that's mm-hmm. like that's who he is to you forever like he's he could win a super bowl and you, you'll still you see him as that? that game that game is seared <laughs> in my memory what are you talking about it was that game what, what, and shouldn't it be that, 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 that is that was an atrocity i can't even articulate properly how bad that football game was to watch because that was the first season that I traveled and it uh, my my trip to Denver was nightmare fuel I don't gotta get into all the details here but to go across the country to watch that game where the most interesting thing was a pigeon that kept flying onto the field like buzzing around Ryan Tannehill in a way that the team photographer Donald Page had more photographs of the pigeon than he did of actual Titans players by the end of the game. Yeah, that's the way he's forever going to be associated with that football game to make. That game and then at home when the tight I forget if it was Mariota or Tannehill, got sacked like 12 times in the rain. Those were my two least favorite. Nope, that was Marcus, too. That, that was, was Marcus. Baltimore. Yeah, yeah 21 to nothing. I was a part of that game, too. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That was uh, I was there in the rain soaked watching Mariota just get drove into the ground. Snap after snap. But, hey, while we're on the subject of quarterbacks, you were in Indy for the Combine. Um, mm-hmm. I know there are a couple guys up there that the Titans had uh, meetings with. I think Carson Ritter – I mean, excuse me, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, and Sam Howell were three of those dudes. D- did you get the impression that they may be, you know, taking a quarterback, whether it's in the mid-rounds, late rounds, whatever it is? I know they signed Logan Woodside to, to a one-year deal, but they're not married to him by any means. W- what do you think the Titans are going to do with the, at the quarterback position this offseason? Yeah, they've tried to kill Logan Woodside a couple of times with a bunch of dudes that just yeah. – he, 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 
He is the uh, quarterback yeah. nuclear Holocaust survivor. So right. at this point, <laughs> that's a reference Here, that went right over I, Jack's head. Jack, but Buck, I don't know if you know this, but if you make a movie reference, Jack will not. That's not it. true. He only no, that's a thousand movies from the eighties. And I don't Jack I don't earlier today tweeted out back. a Titanic, a scene from Titanic. Yeah, that right. he and that is another movie that he has never seen from the Titan Up podcast. Say, that's on the fringe. That Twitter account probably on the fringe for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I, I haven't that seen out that. at the Tighten Up podcast official Twitter account and Instagram. I'm quite certain. <laughs> yes, but yes. Um, movie reference. Listen, Jack, don't feel bad. Like I, I work with a bunch of old people at a radio station where the audience is, you know, 50s and 60s uh, older <laughs> white male. So there's a bunch of movie references that I don't get. Mike Vrabel made fun of me at a press conference one time with a movie reference that I didn't understand to Caddyshack um, because I didn't know what he was talking about with a bowl of soup in my sweater. So, like, this, don't let Austin shame <laughs> You got to give three okay. chuckles and then look down. That's what I do to Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly just, what know, he does. Duck your head. That's how you get he knows, out He knows a joke or a good reference is being made. He just doesn't know what it is. So he'll give me the cur- – which, to his credit – great podcast host that he does laugh he, and he yes ands along with me but then but then he just looks down and then changes the subject real quick because he doesn't get it uncomfortable laughter is the is the best way to avoid showing your ass rob manford did it poorly at the oh, uh, oh press conference oh. announcing that baseball would be canceling the first yeah. two series for every team except i think he was just nervous and it was a bad camera angle so everybody but rob manford that one time the uh, slight chuckle and then looking down, that's a successful strategy. Good yeah. job out of you, Jack. So, so yeah. back to the, the quarterbacks of the combine, which was the initial <laughs> question. We got so right, far off right. the path, like like it always happens on this podcast. But They're open to it. They're, they're open, open to, to it, it, basically, is is the summary. They I talked to a bunch of people, had John Robinson on the radio show. Quarterback's not off the table. It's just really, I mean, I know this is a cop-out answer since the, the draft is at the end of April, but like it really just depend, depends on how the board falls. And where they have these guys stacked, obviously, I don't have access to their draft board. I know that they uh, that they met, as you mentioned, with a couple of the quarterback prospects. Desmond Ritter is the one that makes sense uh, most without being pro ready. Like that guy is Kenny Pickett. Teams look at Kenny Pickett as the easiest to drop into a week one hypothetical starting situation because he can function in a lot of what pro teams are going to ask you to do whereas Malik Willis is coming from a super limited uh, offense of your boy Jack Hugh Freeze that yep. hasn't asked him to do a lot of things that pro quarterbacks do so the this is kind of the case with a lot of these guys Cincinnati um, and Desmond Ritter is fascinating because obviously nobody's going to have a better understanding than Mike Vrabel of what the Cincinnati quarterback situation is given that the best man in his wedding was Luke Fickle so um, I don't know who that quarterback is I don't know what round that makes the most sense. All I know is that there is depth to be found at both the tight end and wide receiver and interior offensive line positions outside of day one and basically day two because they don't have a second round draft pick. So I would be surprised to see them do anything around the quarterback position before day three. Oh, dope. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna follow up with a tight end oh, this question. Is awkward. Um, All right, go. Austin and I every week we talk about the tight end position. Just because, you know, there, there's a new guy that seems to pop up every week. It, it was originally Gusecki from Omar Kelly down in Miami. Yeah. Then you had Njoku kind of, you know, be, be floated around the Titans name. Gronkowski's the most recent one. Now, I know with Tom Brady coming back, that dream is likely dead if it was a dream in the first place. But 
do you see the Titans handling that handling tight end, you know, in free agency, or is that a mid round draft pick or do they reach in the first round? I know there isn't really a Kyle Pitts prospect this year, but how do you see that playing out? First round for a tight end this year would be egregious. Uh, I don't I'd see it's far more likely that they trade out of the first round of 26. You're basically working with a high second round pick. So you might as well make your life a little easier and, uh, and do it that way, which would be laugh out loud funny because I know our radio station tried to send me and 3HL to Vegas. I didn't want to go because I'm scared that they're going to trade out of the first round pick and just be out there for no reason. Uh, but 3HL is still going. They're going to risk it all and hope that John Robinson sticks. Yeah, at 26. The answer is both, honestly. Say uh, what? I was going to say, that's you, what you do in Vegas. You, you risk it all. Yeah. And you can't whiff on a first round well, pick if you don't pick it in the first round. There. Yeah. Yeah, I, I went with the risk at all pun. Nobody laughed. It's just kind of awkward. And now we're talking over each <laughs> oh, other. Oh, hey, hang on, on, on. Jack, 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 Jack. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, he's, see he's the laugh, the laugh, and you look down. There you go. Yeah, which is which is tremendous on a primarily audio medium. So we're really doing <laughs> right, the audience. Right. Well, or right or now. you can now watch uh, this interview with Buck on a YouTube channel, YouTube, A to Z, Z Sports, Sports YouTube. So mm-hmm. how about that? Make sure you subscribe where you can get all of our live stream content seven days a week, plus all the podcasts. Who knows how to plug? Um, Here's the deal with the tight end situation. Like, there are going to be guys in the third round that can help you, but instant impact is what they they require. They're keeping familiarity in Jeff Swaim. I know the 3.5 and change million dollars that he got makes a lot of people cringe, given that most of it's guaranteed, but that's basically the market for what tight end number three looks like right now. You're talking about Evan Ingram getting $9 million. You're talking about Zach Ertz, who I thought would have made a lot of sense for them here had he made it to the open market, um, is in his 30s, he's 31, making north of $8 million. Like that's just, it's going to exceed their price range because what the Titans did, and I think a lot of people are aware of this now, but just in case people need a reminder, like they gave the tight end second contract to Derek like teams don't pay running back second contract money so that allocation of how they plan out you know their salary cap in increments of three or four years that went to Derek Henry so now you have to try and piece this thing back together I'd expect another veteran free agent ad and a draft pick as well uh, to kind of supplement this group but at this point yeah the, the sex appeal is not there because all the I mean I looked at the top six tight ends basically and none of them are available except for Gronk and there's zero percent chance that Rob Gronkowski ends up in Tennessee or even still playing football if Tom Brady is down back in Tampa Bay for season number 23. Uh, What are uh, some reasonable expectations in free agency for Titans fans? Because obviously, you know, Titans fans are going to be like, if we don't, if we don't walk away with like Jarvis Landry or Juju Smith-Schuster or some big name, Titans fans are going to be upset. But I feel like they also already have knocked out a lot of key important things on their on their to-do list. Ben Jones, Harold Landry, they, they're bringing back some key pieces. But unless you get that new name, that new flashy name, I feel like just the, the typical fan is going to be, oh, well, they didn't do anything in free agency this year. It's kind of a, a letdown. Do you see anything like that happening? Like what, what should Titans fans be expecting out of this free agency period? Practicality. I mean... You know, I, I hate to I hate to kind of leave them with that. But I mean, if you looked at their offseason on face value, regardless of what stage you were in and said, well, you paid a 25 year old going to be 26 year old edge rusher 
uh, top of the market value to keep him together with the thing that you do best, which is kick the shit out of quarterbacks. You added, you kept your veteran center who's still functioning at a high level, still hugely available, which is more than you can say about the rest of the roster and a quarterback who's already facing some heat makes him a hell of a lot more comfortable. You added depth on the offensive line and you started to build back your depth at the tight end position. Most people would probably look at that and say, yeah, okay. That, I mean, that makes sense for what it is that they need, but you know, we get attracted by sexy uh, famous names and Aaron Rodgers isn't coming to the Titans. And now the entire off season is a complete and total waste of time. When in reality, that's just not the case. Like how many people had Jamarco Jones on their, Titans yeah, free right, agent right, right, draft right. board, right? Like those are the kind of, and, and I'm not saying that this completely removes them from the market of su- mid tier starting level dudes. But what we're seeing right now is the Jags have ruined the market for everybody at not just one position, but like a variety of positions with the contracts that they're handing, handing out. They spent over $150 million on their offense and they may win six games next year. And that'd be a considerable improvement so as the market inflates you have to legitimately ask yourself and this is what they're talking about internally is there a game changer out there worth the money that exceeds what we have on our roster and if the answer is no which in all likelihood it is at this stage in free agency where very rarely do the top guys actually hit the market be it because of tags or extensions or otherwise then you have to find ways to win within the margins even if you are in a world where the salary cap isn't really that hard of a cap with all the contract loopholes that we discovered last year when it took a $15.7 million haircut and teams were having to figure out how to do shit like portable years on the fly. So um, practicality is what I would expect out of this free agency period. And I mean, I would still, I would still continue to look at positions like wide receiver and tight end as, as where they will go to address. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be pissed at them if they brought back Marcus, uh, Marcus Johnson and, and Chester Rogers. Oh, you almost said Mario the there. What if you said Mario? No. Oh man, if that would have been a, what that would have been said a Mario. No, that would have been my a body twist. Wouldn't physically allow me to say Marcus <laughs> Mario at this stage of my career without invite. And this is, this is a shame because I had, I had a great relationship with Marcus. I had a really, really good interaction with him at the end of his career. Now, every time I say his name, I just want to punch myself in the throat because of what I associate with him in my uh, in my early career covering this football oh. team but yeah practicality is the word so if now uh, i feel like the titans have kind of been playing in this free agency with one hand maybe even two hands tied behind their back with where they're at with the cap and uh it's it's been tough like you you if you don't have any money to spend it's hard to spend money um uh, you know and they've obviously they've freed up some cap by cutting some guys norris jenkins uh being one today um the or well as you listen to this yesterday sorry not to peel back the curtain too much um the and so i'm wondering and and you see teams like green bay where they it feels like with every move that they've made this offseason it's been to clear up cap space even with re-signing aaron Rodgers, they somehow got more cap space out of the whole deal i don't know how like they're they're freaking uh it feels like marty bird working the books up there somehow <laughs> How like is are the Titans? Are there any discussions about the Titans maybe doing something similar? Maybe getting Derrick Henry or Tannehill to restructure certain ways or to to move away to move money away from to next year or something just to make it more affordable to bring in big name guys? Not those two specifically because you can't restructure Tannehill again unless you I mean unless you want to marry yourself to him for another season at a potentially bigger cap hit, which is just not 
feasible at this point. Derek, I don't think is an option either um, unless they are planning on keeping him around for the life of that deal, which, you know, may sound like blasphemy right now, but I, it's, we don't know, right? right. We don't know right. how he's going to respond to six giant pieces of metal in his foot. And at the age of 29, by the time next season rolls around, I think that you could look at, at players whose dead cap hit is almost non-existent at this point. Say, for example, somebody who they, who Titans fans very much wanted to cut in Taylor Lewan. Um, who can move some money around, which would keep him tied to them for maybe longer than they would like to be tied to Taylor Lewan, but does bring down what's already a pretty reasonable cap hit for a starting left tackle. In the NFL, it can still give you some maneuverability. They've already done it with Brett Kern, who there was no danger of being cut, um, even though I had some conversations with people who brought his name up as a as a cut. People would lose their minds here. Never cut happen. And frankly, I'm surprised no. there's not riots in the street for asking to take a pay cut jack no. i just i don't know how this how that this is, is. Be. those people are monsters that's what they are it's they're true. they're colts fans in in two-tone blue face paint that's what they are infiltrating but, us uh, another so, name yeah the answer the answer the, the only thing that i'll uh, i'll tell you and and maybe this is where you're going to go jack is they can they can do stuff financially with julio jones yeah. either to get him off the team or to move money around again. But remember, they did restructure Julio Jones's deal last year to make a, a couple of other things possible to give themselves some more flexibility. And that money wouldn't come into effect, obviously, pre-June 1st. You wouldn't have that savings on your salary cap until after June 1st, even if you designate him as, him as a pre-June 1st cut. So would so in your mind would that make sense to even cut him or do you just you play the season out with him see what you can get out of him and then maybe move on down the road? I I keep him. I really would. I know that that it's frustrating for people and they're inclined to keep him too, right? Like just talking to people in the organization like they don't want to admit after a year that Julio Jones is a sunk cost. When you've got John Robinson on Good Morning Football talking about the historic Pinewood Cafe or kitchen where they went to have a celebratory meal after a day boating on Percy Priest, which is the most Tennessee shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, but so, like, yeah, they don't want to – if they cut him pre-June 1st, it'd be less than a million dollars in savings. If they cut him post-June 1st, you'd have, like, $4 million. I don't know that $4 million is going to make or break your salary cap this year. I think that Julio Jones, especially given that those other two guys that we talked about earlier, Marcus Johnson and Chester Rogers are unrestricted free agents. And AJ is really all you have left with Nick Westbrook, Aquina. like there will be draft picks, but I mean, it's, I think it's worth gambling on Julio another year. Another guy I've got questions about. And I think a lot of Titans fans do after what Rabel said about him uh, recently, Dylan Radens. Rabel said he's not ready to be a starter right now. Now he's got the whole off season and I understand his situation coming out of North Dakota state um, was not a normal one. And, you know, he mm -hmm. took last year probably to grow a little bit, figure out how the NFL really operates. Do you see him fitting in next year uh, on that offensive line, whether it's left guard, right tackle, wherever it may be? It's left guard. Um, he's a naturally left side player. Like the, uh, the whole idea that they're just going to flip-flop him his rookie year after he missed a whole season of football was asinine to me from the start because he played exclusively left tackle in college so you're asking him a player who has that kind of you know weird pandemic 
season on his resume to not just come from FCS football to the league, but also completely switch sides, which may sound not important to people who haven't played offensive line. I don't claim to be an offensive line expert. All I know is it's really fucking hard when you talk to people about it when it comes to footwork and hand technique and all these different things. So with Raidens, um, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it unthinkable that they wouldn't try him. I mean, we're far away from OTAs and, and training camp and stuff like that. But, you know, I think they'd like to see him at right tackle with another kind of season of or off season of work. But left guard makes so much more sense for a player like that. And like it, it you know, to a much lesser degree, it's like when Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence were splitting reps in training camp under Urban Meyer. And everybody's looking at Urban Meyer. Like, what, what, what the hell is wrong with you? You know you're going to start Trevor Lawrence. Why the hell are you even wasting time with this Gardner Minshew thing? I, I get it. You want to find out how many different things he can do for you. But with as many holes as they have on that offensive line and Nate Davis not being all that great last year, like, you need comfort in front of that quarterback who was just getting bruised and battered through the first half of that season. Last one for me, Indiana. Barely made it into no. the big dance. Not a no. Uh-oh. Yeah, Uh-oh. we got it. We've got to talk about it. We've got to talk about it because I mean, the Titans have some Indiana representation as well. I mean, they will right. have Nick lost Westbrook by the time people. They will have lost by the time wow. people hear this podcast. They're going to lose to Wyoming tonight, and I'm going to be happier so? for Jack. I don't need. To, I don't need this in my life. I don't. Oh man, you, you got to have some optimism. They made a run in the Big Ten. They had a shot of beating Iowa too, and uh, I mean, it didn't work out. But they, Trace Jackson Davis, they, they've got some guys. Yeah, Indiana is a Indiana is a college basketball blue blood. I, I shouldn't have to be talking you into picking Indiana, but here, a, here a we college are. basketball blue blood that hasn't won since 1988. But it, they're a blue yeah, blood. What, <laughs> what is this blue blood shit? They 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 hadn't made they hadn't made the Big Ten tournament title game since 2003, and they didn't make it this year. Yeah, like but they never did, won the Big Ten tournament, and they're a blue blood allegedly in college basketball without a title since 87. So like, don't talk to me about Indiana. I really do. Yeah. But have you seen, have you seen their striped warm-up pants? <laughs> the no? candy stripes yeah, are so Tennessee, cool. Tennessee stole them. Tennessee <laughs> stole them. So now I have to live it twice as much because I watch as much Tennessee basketball because of the radio show as I do damn Indiana at this point. No, if they don't lose to Wyoming tonight, they'll lose to St. Mary's and this can be out of my life because Indiana basketball is a four month headache for me. It's the only thing that I still care about as a sports fan, and all they do is make me sad. So why, oh, why do I want to keep doing this, Jack? I, I can hear the pain in your voice, and I get it. Um, but Vandy tips off in the NIT tonight, so I can't relate, you know. Uh, we, we've got – the skies are clearing up for Vandy basketball. But, okay, okay bud. you mentioned you watch the, <laughs> you you the balls a lot. Do you, uh-huh. think that, you think they can actually make it past the second, second round this, uh, this go-around? Uh, Barnes, Barnes really struggles to, to do well with talented teams, but – they're kind of on a little run. They've got some mojo. What do you think? Do you think they could beat I, Longwood? <laughs> I do think they can beat Longwood. Like um, beat him. You know. Like how much? How much would you beat Longwood by? Well, you know. Do you it beat? Depends on. Have you much. beaten Longwood? Do you take pleasure in beating Longwood? Today? No, today I haven't <laughs> beat Longwood. I'm trying to find a way to play this into the joke. I'm doing it poorly. But you, when you um, do, like when you have, like you beat Longwood until the the finish, right? Oh, yes, you have to finish uh, against right. Longwood. Yeah, Otherwise, you, know, you will be in, you know, and then there will be frustrations and, and just general <laughs> discontent. So, yes, in order to, uh, to be a blue blood, you have to ensure <laughs> that you beat Longwood. I can't, do, I can't do much better than that. I'm sorry, boys. You did yeah, great. I, I, you Tennessee, did great. 
I mean, what's the what's the what's the reason that they can't make a Sweet Sixteen other than Rick Barnes? Like, I can't. I keep looking for reason. We do this all the time in sports, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody. And I'm trying to be less pessimistic in my old age. But like, what other than Rick Barnes is keeping them from achieving? Because honestly, of all the teams that I saw play conference tournament basketball even though it didn't matter to the selection committee apparently like Tennessee looked pretty damn good and that was after consistently playing day after day after day in the best conference in college basketball and yeah there was some sloppy play in in the first half that let a dead A&M team hang around but like I really really I think they've got potential um especially especially if they can get Santiago Vesca to be playing that way throughout the day. I mean, and there's not, there doesn't seem to be a tougher and better physically conditioned player in the sport than him right now. They may get out athleted at some point. I don't rule that out at all, but like they're a really, really strong unit as a team. Well, yeah. the, the, if they don't make it to the Sweet 16, be prepared to take uh, like an influx of phone calls of people uh, blaming the seeding of the NCAA tournament as to why they that's right. Well, that that's I mean, I I work with a uh, I work with a Tennessee alumni and my radio producer Lucas, and he is incessant about this. In fact, he's everything that I hate about sports. So for every <laughs> every I, I'm married to one. You know, producer Reed, it's his birthday by the way today on the primetime show. So happy birthday, Reed. But okay, he's a time. much, much easier person to tolerate, which is crazy because he's an Alabama fan. And Lucas, who I'm basically married to, is um just an incessant suffering in my life. He's he's all of all Twitter in a physical person. And that drives me crazy. Yeah. Um Buck, when are we getting another six one five sessions? Friday. Uh Friday okay. we'll have uh, Joe Rex Road and Teron Davenport. We will talk about the free agent moves thus far, and surely it will be completely irrelevant by Saturday morning because that's how these things work. You guys know this. <laughs> well, uh, good, because we've got, um, you know, we obviously share the podcast feed, and um, mm -hmm. we're getting good. We're getting great ratings. I don't know if you've, if you've checked out the ratings recently. Uh, just yeah. great, like all, almost all five stars. Uh, great ratings for us, I mean. No, well, I was about to say, I, I don't think I'm getting many great ratings. I think I'm getting like half stars. Yeah, the yeah you are. Right, yes. Well, and now that was another that was, podcast that shall be unnamed. Yeah, there's that. That's it's kind of like good news, bad news. Uh, good news is we're getting five stars. Bad news is you're only getting 0.5 of those. Like, uh, you know, this guy says uh, four and a half stars for Tup, 0.5 stars for Buck. This one says four and a half stars for Tup, uh, 0.4 for Buck, and 0.1 for Big Orange Pod. Um, you know, least, Charlie uh, and Zach are really good. They're the only people that can get me to listen to 35 straight minutes on wide receiver coach talk <laughs> the way that they did. So, you know. uh, this one says, I love the tighten up pod. The guys are hilarious and witty, bring pop culture and sports together in hilarious fashion. Uh, the tighten up podcast is the only reason I'm still subscribed to this feed. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to read this one. Buck rising is a Literally star, but up. the tighten up idiots are five stars. So that one, I don't know how they did it, but they did get a six star. That feels like a super backhanded compliment. But you know what? Honestly, like, like at this point, boys, I'm talking so much that people can't possibly care anymore about what I have to say. And yet, if there's still any kind of reaction that I get out of it whatsoever, like good or bad, I just take it as a win for the day because at some point, you know, somebody's going to stop paying me to speak in a microphone, but not yet. Not yet. Yeah, right, Not right. Yet. Well, yeah. that's probably why Jack and I's episodes have been running so long uh, over the last few months is because this is the only chance we get to talk. You know, like I, I want to talk Titans with my wife. She doesn't want to listen to it. You know, Jack wants to talk Titans with his with his girlfriend, but she doesn't want to listen to it. Care. 
No. So all Jack and I have are each other to listen. And, uh, you know, we're grateful that anyone listens, but, uh, been having to watch Vander and people do, for... by the way, it's, it's been a very, very successful, uh, run over the way. It's almost two years, right. With the top. Uh, we are coming years. up on our anniversary. Yeah. We? No, we're past it. Is it, it, it might actually, no. Cause we started free agents when free agency we, opened two years ago. Yeah. I got the Twitter notification our... that our count has been up for over two years the other day. I should have texted you. I don't know. I, right. I was going to do happy that. anniversary, babe. Yeah. You too. Me says, I'm glad that I could be here for this. I'm very <laughs> happy that I could be a part of this. Uh, guys, give him a follow on Twitter at Buck Rising. Uh, check out his show every weekday afternoon, 104.5 The Zone, The Buck Rising Show. Uh, and check out AZ Sports Primetime. Do it. Uh, hit up the uh, YouTube page. Go ahead and subscribe to that YouTube page. You can watch this uh, this interview on there where it looks like Buck is meeting us outside in front of his house uh, for an episode of MTV Cribs uh, in which I was kind of hoping for during the interview because I was really hoping to see what was in the refrigerator, which is as is a staple on MTV Cribs. Probably a reference that goes over Jack's head as well. Uh, uh, there's a lot, a lot of spotted cow. I had a, I had a, a how'd you get spotted cow down in Nashville? Well, you know, it'll surprise uh, no one to know, or at least it will surprise Jack to know that I have people who I uh, work with on, on the shady side of things um, <laughs> to get illicit materials. But I, I actually, one of the guys who does balls analysis, uh, Austin, um, oh shit, I'm blanking on his name. Anyway, he brought me a bunch of spotted cow when the balls play Purdue here, wow. uh, this year. So it's really just beer because everything else I Uber eats. Is there uh, spotted, I feel like you're a big kombucha it, guy though. Is there spotted cow Indian in Indiana? No, I think it's exclusively just Wisconsin. a Wisconsin joint yeah. and no kombucha okay. for me, although I am a big fan of the, uh, acai bowls uh given that i'm getting kind of fat nowadays and i need to you know yeah, uh, do a little better for to satisfy my sweet tooth those are those are a, a quick fix in a in a big spot oh, i'll my take God. your word for that i don't think i've ever had one i love a good acai bowl baby Oof, now you're speaking my language uh all right buck uh anything else we can plug for you anything else that's going on uh, 615 session this friday guys be looking for it on this feed so go ahead and subscribe to this feed and uh, of course you know give us a rating review Four and a half stars to us, uh, 0.5 stars to Buck. Uh, Buck, is uh, <laughs> is there anything else we can plug for you? Oh, God, no. I, I get plenty of plugs, and I do my own plug, and you guys have been more than gracious yeah. with plugs. No, you've been more than gracious to join us today. We appreciate it. I know, I know it's a busy time of year for you, and, uh, and we appreciate it, and uh, hope we weren't keeping you from anything. Uh, nothing that wasn't going to happen, regardless of how busy <laughs> I was today. Nothing breaks routine, but routine is important. Routine is everything. Routine is truly, truly everything. And, you know, if this just happens to be the second part of my daily routine, then, you know, I haven't missed out completely. Hey, if, if you ever run out of anything to say this week, maybe run this one by your audience on 104.5. In Rick Barnes' old age, oh does he gosh. have what it takes to get up for Longwood and really finish with a bang? <laughs> There's a line for your radio show. I'll take no money, no credit, absolutely no credit. Don't credit me for that. Yeah, don't, yours. That's don't yours now. You well, have to take you know, it. just in case, just in case anybody missed all of that throughout the course of the last thirty minutes, we're doing a lot of dick jokes today. That's what Jack. <laughs> yeah, ah, penises. Big, well, this is this is the only Titans podcast you can go to for decent dick jokes, and we we take that right. very seriously. Yeah, right. an audience for that. True, and I thought the, that was going to die after Dick LeBeau left. So you know, what are you going to do? No, it's cool. the reason we're the Titan Up podcast. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll give it give it a couple of years. Everybody has those moments. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Buck.
Yeah, boys. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. All right, uh, Jack, I'm pretty sure the Jaguars, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're screwing it up for everyone. What are they doing? It's a complete kamikaze mission going on down in Duval County. They are literally, I don't think they know how money works. You know, it's like it's like when you give a kid a $20 bill and send him to the Scholastic Book Fair. That kid is buying a Ferrari poster. He is buying two Clifford the Big Red Dog erasers. He's buying as many Goosebumps books as he can afford. Like this guy, like just completely spending the money. And then he's going to bring them all up to the desk. And the librarian's going to be like, this costs $47. And he's gonna be like, and he's gonna pull out a twenty dollar bill. And they be like, "What are you doing? That's a twenty dollar. You don't. You have way too much. You're you're overspending for this crap. What are you doing? That is what the Jaguars are doing currently in free agency. Uh, we talked about them overpaying for Christian Kirk. Uh, they're literally anyone and anyone. They're cutting basically their whole roster from before. Miles Jack was cut. Their leading tackler from last year mm-hmm. had one hundred and eight tackles. He was cut, and now they're just bringing in a whole new team and they're really kind of screwing it up because they're they're changing the market value for these players in these positions for everyone else yeah and and when you overpay a guy then the the dudes who are more talented than that specific guy at their position are going to say well he got this much so i deserve this much and when you have aj brown who's going to get paid here soon he's going to look at christian kirk's deal he already tweeted something uh he tweeted a gif like you know he's paying attention he likes what he sees Damn it. So when Christian Kirk gets 18 to 21 million, that, that's what I'm going to say. I need 25. I that's, need, that's I what, need 25 mil a year. That's why I wish AJ Brown was playing baseball right now. You know, everyone was like, don't let AJ play baseball. Blah, blah. No, no, no. If he's playing baseball, he'd be reporting his spring training right now. And he'd be busy playing baseball. He wouldn't be on Twitter seeing how much Christian Kirk's getting paid by the freaking Jaguars. Yeah. And, and not just Christian Kirk, but the Jaguars spent eight to $10 million on Zay Jones, who, you know, contributed sparingly for the Raiders last year. Wait, is Zay is Zay Jones the the chocolate rain guy? I'm not. I don't know about. Do you know that. what I'm talking about? That old that old. Uh, yeah, I, you, I know. Yeah, the chocolate rain video. Chocolate oh no, it's Tay's on day. Tay's on day. So that's like a word scramble of Zay Jones. Yeah, but so they give Zay Jones eight to ten million dollars a year. They give Evan Ingram, who. Every single New York Giants fan absolutely hated. <laughs> they gave that man $10 million. Yeah. And, you know, you're paying $10 million Look, one, one for like man, $15 million a year. One man's trash is Jacksonville's treasure, okay? And that's true for every player in the league. I love it because this one guy, Scott Barrett on Twitter, tweeted the amount that Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, and Evan Ingram are making, which is a combined, you know, with details still to be figured out on a couple of those deals, somewhere in between 43 and $47 million per year. Meanwhile, if you take Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, and Stefan Diggs, or Stefan Diggs contracts, they're making $46 million a year. So you're paying Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, and Evan Ingram the same amount that Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, and Stefan Diggs are going to be making this year. Damn. It's ludicrous. And Warren Sharp had a good one as well. He makes a great point because when you spend money in free agency, you're likely kind of 
overpaying for what the guy did in this last season, right? You're paying for kind of his production in the year prior, in some cases at least. And when you do that, there's no guarantee that that guy's going to play up to his contract. And in Jacksonville, even worse, you're overpaying guys because they're in the guy in the league that wants to take a pay cut to come play in Jacksonville. They're, they're in the guy in the league that wants to be a part of what's going on down there in Duval County. But when you look at Jacksonville's roster and, and especially the top 10 highest paid players on that team, eight of those guys were signed through free agency. So they're overpaying for the top end of their roster. The, the only two guys that weren't signed as free agents is a center who they're paying $51 million over five years. He's one of the highest paid centers, top five highest paid centers in the league. Talk about a position you don't want to overpay at. And then you got Trevor Lawrence, who being drafted number one as a quarterback is going to make a solid chunk of money. But eight of the top 10 highest paid guys on the Jaguars roster are signed as free agents. Now let's take a look at the Titans roster. Uh, a roster that I think most people would argue is one of the best in the NFL. You've got a functional GM who knows how to build a team. Of the top 11 guys, you've got you've you've drafted Kevin Byard, Derrick Henry, Taylor Lewan, Harold Landry, A.J. Brown, Jeffrey Simmons. That's six dudes that the Titans have been able to draft and develop. Not have to go out and overspend for in free agency, but they've homegrown these guys. They're able to keep them, and not just that, but they're able to pay them next to nothing for the first three, four years of their deal, which when you're trying to win a Super Bowl, your core has to be cheap, cheap-ish at least. When you have guys like A.J. Brown and Jeffrey Simmons you find in the draft, you've got to take advantage and build around those guys while you still can, while they're still not breaking your bank. The Titans have done a decent job at that. You know, you do have examples of Ryan Tannehill, Bud Dupree, Julio Jones, Zach Cunningham, Danico Autry, who are amongst the top 11. But I think you could argue that all of those guys are, with the exception of Bud Dupree have proven, and Julio Jones, have proven to be worth what you got them for. Ryan Tannehill, you know, people, people kind of, uh, people are prisoner of the moment in the NFL. And Ryan Tannehill, while a lot of people aren't satisfied with how he ended the season, he's been a solid quarterback for the Titans. Zach Cunningham, you're you're paying for pretty much your leading tackler next season. Danico Autry had a fantastic season his first year with the Titans. So the Titans, unlike the Jaguars, are building their roster through the draft and then re-signing the homegrown guys they have. While the Jacksonville Jaguars are going out in free agency, overspending at just about every position and completely flooding their salary cap, giving them no chance to really develop anything. I mean, if, if you don't hit in the draft – you're just going to have to do this all over again. It's 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 a yeah. cycle that's not going to lead to success. And you know, I'm not people are going to say, "Oh, well Jacksonville narrowed the gap in the division. They've now got talent on that roster." Do they? Do they really though? Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones and Zay Jones are the receivers. Those guys don't scare me. Sure you brought in Brandon Scherf from the Redskins or the 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 whatever you call them, the Commies, the Commanders, but this Jacksonville roster still has so many holes. They don't scare me. I just think they're doing it wrong in Jacksonville. But what they're doing is they're taking everyone else down with them. Yeah, They've reset the market on all of these guys. And now other teams are going to have to compete in that same market and give the same players at that, at that position, at least, wide receiver position, more money than they were originally planning on, which is – we mentioned it with Juju Smith-Schuster has kind of caused this pause, right, this, this holdout between – agents and teams on how much, you know, does this guy deserve? 
if you're negotiating those deals, don't you just have to say Jacksonville's a total exception to the rule? They haven't had success since 2017. And even after that, they completely folded and crumbled. Like you can't look yeah. at Christian Kirk's deal and say, this is what people should spend. No, this is what Jacksonville has to spend in order to get players to come play for them because it's such a dreadful place to play football. Right. I mean, it's a great, it's a great place to play football. It's a, it's a dreaded franchise to play football for. Yeah, the Titans love playing football there. The Colts don't I mean, love gosh, it. Gosh, I would, I would play football in Jacksonville if it was like if it was just Jacksonville, but I, I don't want to. Yeah, it's not. You don't want to. Um, you don't want to be in that building. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, it's, I, I do think it is, I, I will say this. The only thing I will note in football, more so than any other sport, professional sport, a team can go from worst to first easily. I don't think the Jaguars, I don't think the Jaguars are, but I'm just saying I, in football, I, it is more likely for a team to go from worst to first than any other sport. Yeah, uh, I, I agree because there's more moving parts, there's more variables in football. What I do like the most about what the Jaguars have done this offseason is hire Doug Peterson, hire yeah. a coach that gets it. Yeah. Um, you know, he his I, I guess you could say his kind of stamp in Philadelphia on those teams was the offensive line. So I like how he's kind of giving Trevor Lawrence the guys he needs in front of him. And now they still have the number one draft pick and they could take yeah. um, an O-line guy there. Or you know what? Maybe you've solved your offensive line this offseason. You brought Cam Robinson back. You've got Scherf. Maybe you right. draft an edge rusher like Aiden Hutchison. I don't know. But I still just completely disagree with the way the Jaguars are, are handling this rebuild. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get to remember the Titan uh, for a number of reasons. One. Oh, real I mean, quick. We got to hit on Deshaun Watson. Oh, I mean, look, I don't want to hit on him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he does enough hitting on other people than for yeah, both of us. Known for that. Uh, yeah. So, fans, I mean, there's a few teams that are interested. A few dark. The, the Colts were inter interested, and uh, basically, the Texans gave him the highest. Yeah. So, for the one. two people listening to this podcast, and I like to think that the people that listen to this have a pretty high IQ when you pool everyone together, but there's still a couple of people. Cause I see them on Titans, Facebook asking about Sean Watson, the Colts tried and poor, the poor Colts. They're so desperate. They just had to try. Right. Austin Stanley had a good tweet. You miss 100 shot or you miss 100% of the shots. You don't take Michael Scott. Yep. Um, that's kind of what the Colts did. They're like, Hey, why not offer? It's the Texans. They're not that far removed from Bill O'Brien. Maybe they're still just as dumb, but I mean, look, if I'm, if I'm the freaking Colts, I'm, Text. I'm I'm texting John Robinson. Hey, Tannehill available? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like why not? I mean, everyone. They got to be why sending not? that message across the league. But yeah. the teams that uh, are are the two favorites right now seem to be Carolina and the Saints. Um, the Browns and the Falcons have entered the race. I think Pittsburgh. There's still an outside shot. What's funny to me is that Deshaun Watson, after having all these allegations and accusations, he had the nerve to say no to one team. He said, "You know what? No, I don't want to go there." While other teams have been saying, absolutely not, Deshaun Watson does not need to come here. Deshaun Watson said no to the Seattle Seahawks. That's, I mean, you lose your your starting quarterback in Russell Wilson, and you lose yeah. your best linebacker face of the defense in Bobby Wagner, and now Deshaun Watson has the nerve to tell you no. Oh, Pete Carroll, hang, him up, hang it up. Bob. Hey, put the whistle up and, and call it a career, my guy. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll looks like... Um... Looks like the gym teacher that I had in elementary school. And let me tell you, she was the best. 
Uh, that's <laughs> um, the re- re- remember the Titan. Um, Jack, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You go first. I still need to catch my breath from when you left the room and I had the. I did. Yeah. For those that don't court. know, when Jack went on that mini monologue, which first of all, well done, dude. <laughs> you went, you freaking filibustered the hell out of this podcast talking about the, um, uh, talking about the Jaguar screwing it up and setting yeah. the market value. Well done. I look, you're on paternity uh, leave. I know you got a I baby am. to deal with. So I'm on paternity leave this part. week. So I'm, I am on my wife started back up work this week. And so I'm on total dad duty this week. Uh, which means during the podcast, there are times I have to step away and attend to, luckily my mom is in town to help out. So I just had to, you know, so we're given that to peel back the curtain entirely. When Jack went on that monologue, I stepped out of the room to get, grab my mom to be like, Hey, can you grab the baby? Cause it's time for her to wake up. And I'm in the middle of this podcast. Still. Yeah, Austin's, so Austin's got a pump as soon as this podcast. Ends. I look, look, and I tell you what, I, I feel like my breasts are completely out of milk right now. So I don't know <laughs> how I'm going to get anything more out of these puppies, but uh, th- yeah, so we need to, we need to wrap up this podcast for that reason. And for the reason that I don't know if you've noticed this Jack, but on our zoom call, the sun, the sun is slowly shifting into my line of eye. <laughs> I, I am, mean, I can't believe you can see what the sun. I am on the corner it. of the zoom window right now because <laughs> the sun has just slowly, but surely maybe, it, maybe it's good thing. Daylight savings time is going away because maybe that'll get rid of the sun in my eyes. Looks I like don't you're know. You're playing in Lucas oil at three o'clock. This is these shadows are almost as bad as Lucas Oil. I will, yes, that is a great point, Jack. Uh, so we need to go before this sun gets any more in my eyes than it is because I can only move so far out of my zoom window. Oh, screen. it's coming for you. I mean, it's um, it's all right, following my, me across the room. My, my, uh, my remember the Titan triple J. All right. And you're probably like, you mean Triple H? Jerry Jackson Jr. for the Grizzlies? He didn't play for the Titans. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Janoris, Jermaine, Jenkins. It could be quadruple J if you can, if you throw in a Jackrabbit in there. Janoris, Jermaine, Jackrabbit, Jenkins. Um, But uh, he is my Remember the Titan because, as we all know, he was cut. And uh, honestly, I don't, I'm not going to go into like his history because we've, uh, because we've talked about him when he was signed by the Titans. Um, but the only reason I bring him up is solely for this reason. It's to bring up the story of the dead body being found in his home and his brother being the reason why. Uh, William laughing, Jenkins, but... the older brother of then New York Giants quarterback, cornerback Janoris Jenkins, is reportedly a person of interest in the case of and I'm not putting this lightly. The man found dead at Janoris's home on Tuesday. According to TMZ, the district attorney of Ontario County, New York, James Ritz, says police in Bergen County, New Jersey, want to speak with William Jenkins. Jenkins is not a suspect in the death of the 25-year-old Roosevelt Rennie, the man whose body was reportedly found in the basement of Janoris's home in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Renee was a music producer known as trips beats <laughs> according look if your name is trips beats you have to assume that you're going to end up dead in the basement of an nfl cornerback's home right oh man I, trips beats has a family somewhere out there austin i'm sure but i'm just saying like Hopefully you don't name not yourself listening. trips beats without knowing that that could be your fate yeah that's a, that's a that's a possibility you know like he could have very well been known as producer you know jared johnson like Jared Johnson's not showing up in the basement 
of Janoris Jenkins, but Trips Beats is. Uh, according to jail records, William Jenkins was arrested in New York on Tuesday on an unrelated parole warrant. Uh, there will be an extradition, or extra, extra, extradition. That's right. Extradition. Yeah. Extradition process. Is is extradition? No, because when when extradited is past tense. Okay. But an extradition, extradition. is the act okay. itself. Thank you, Jack. Extradition process to get Jenkins from Ontario County to Western New York, Bergen County. Uh, uh, oh, and then this is my Janoris Jenkins has been in Florida since Giants minicamp broke last week and is being advised to remain there as the investigation into Renee's death continues. So basically, Janoris was on vacation. <laughs> and when he comes home, well, actually, he didn't even come home. He just gets a call. He's like, hey, you're on vacation? Yeah. Stay on vacation, okay? Because there's a dead body in your basement. That is the Janoris Jenkins story. It is so weird. It is so out there. And we brought it up when he was first signed by the Titans, but it it bears repeating just because it is so wild and ridiculous. Um, and, and for I, every, I think it, his brother went to jail. I'd like. I don't know. I I don't know if the case is still cold or what the deal is. But for for everybody who didn't get a chance to hear jackrabbit in interviews i mean he was he, he sounded like you know a fun guy to talk to oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, like no, i like janoris a lot it was hard to hate him based on his interviews it sounded like he really took christian fulton under his wing and kind of helped the young guys but you, you can you know there's still some titans fans that would have liked to see more yeah. out of him on the field but uh you know i I'm not as big of a hater of Janoris Jenkins as some Titans fans out there. So I don't know. I, I kind of hope he stays in the AFC though. Hopefully in the division, <laughs> hopefully the Jaguars make him the highest. Yeah, the Jaguars will, the Jaguars are backing up the Brinks truck as we speak. <laughs> All right. So this week I'm going to kind of take a page out of Austin's book. This week, we're going to remember the man, the myth, the legend, Roger P. Saffold the third. Oh, I couldn't find a good middle name on Roger Saffold. Also, this is not look, I'm not gonna, I, as much as I'd like to take the credit, this is not the credit. You originally started this trend of right after the Titan is cut, we remember him. That, yeah, I this is your trend. So you deserve, you deserve all the credit for it. Yeah. yeah, we, I forget what the first one was, but uh, wait, Roger you, Saffold, you, wait, who was it? Did I think I've already done Rashawn Evans. Oh, damn, that's awkward. Yeah, I'm pretty he's, sure I did him during the season, actually. And he's still I want to say like team. a week 17, I, I pulled Rashawn Evans. He, Maybe it was after he was, a healthy scratch or something. He was but, never cut, right? Well, he was never cut. He, but he's, he is a free agent and will not be back. But Roger P. Saffold III, born on June 6, 1988, is now, unfortunately, a left guard for the Buffalo Bills. I hate that he left and went to a contender because he's still good enough to kind of help the Bills along and really help their run game, which has sucked for the last few years. But he was originally drafted by the Rams in the second round, the first pick of the second round in the 2010 draft out of Indiana. Um, Saffold, you know, he played offensive tackle and D-end in high school, and uh, that earned him 2005 first-team All-Lake Erie League uh, honors. Oh, yeah. um, same high school as Chris Chambers. You remember the yep. Dolphins receiver and Lee Evans, the Bills receiver. Um, but you know, uh, when he got to the pros, he's he was pretty successful. I thought he was kind of underappreciated in L.A. He spent his first, I believe, eight year, nine years 
with the St. Louis slash Los Angeles Rams. And in 2017, he was named to the second team all pro, but he was still missing one thing. He was missing a pro bowl. He hadn't been nominated for a pro bowl. He hadn't been given that pro bowl nod, gone out to Hawaii and played, but this year was different. Roger Schaffold made the pro bowl. And while he didn't get to go to Hawaii, he did go to Las Vegas and (laughs) You know, you could argue he also got he, he was able to get laid in Las Vegas yes. as well because you, you that is get laid in either Hawaii or Vegas. They're just two different spellings. Yes, exactly. Um, but you know, Saffold originally in 2019 signed a four-year, 44 million dollar deal with the Titans. I think a lot of Titans fans really appreciate what he did here. Um, the run left mantra was due to his and Lawan's play on that left side of the offensive line. Really was a big contributor in Derrick Henry's 2,000 yard season. Um, when he won Offensive Player of the Year, should have won MVP. But the Titans are going to miss Saffold, and they've got a big question mark over over that left guard position. Whether they throw Raidens in there or not, there's still a big question on how that guy will come in and perform, you know, in comparison to Roger Saffold because he played so well with the Titans. One-year deal with the Bills, that's what he signed now. But outside of football, like Kenny Vaccaro, he's a former Titan that is in the esports world. He owns um, the Call of Duty team Rise Nation. So he's he's on the sticks wow. out there as well. Okay. How about that? I hate having to remember him because I really wish he would have stayed, but I understand yeah. the money just didn't work out. Right, right. And he's with the Bills now. I And look, this is the solace I take in this, that, you know, like, because some of my, uh, the guys in my, my Titans group text were a little bummed that he went to Buffalo. I'd much rather him go to Buffalo than Cincinnati. Because offensive line was never an issue in Buffalo. Although, you know what it would mean if he went to Cincinnati? What? He takes Quentin Spain's spot. Yeah, I don't want him to. I want Quentin Spain to be a Bengal for as long as possible. Okay, okay. Yes. I want that Bengals offensive line to be as piss poor as they were this year. And so I don't want them to get, and I know they already made one, one big signing. Uh, I, I would like who. to see Quentin Spain after all the trashy talk to just get cut by the Bengals though. That would be nice. No, no, keep him. That's, that's the best because like they keep him employed. We can continue to make fun of him. True. You know, I give, give you me Quentin me into Spain it. on that offensive line always. And just because he's terrible. So, uh, all right. Uh, that's going to do it. I got to go, uh, feed my baby. Um, uh follow a to z sports on all the social medias you guys know a to z sports all right look there are in like every market outside of the country all right if you live in uh, boise there's an a to z sports coming soon don't get just don't it's a growing entity if you're not following a to z sports you're already behind the time so just get on it now get on the train now it's blowing up it's exploding the content in nashville is only going to get better so uh, the more the company grows so get on a to z sports all right, follow on all the channels. Uh, also, follow this podcast specifically, Tighten Up Podcast on Twitter, at Tighten Up, at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Follow us there. We, you know, we try and provide you with good, solid content to get you excited for football season, keep you informed on what's going on in the world of the Titans. Follow there. Also, follow us individually okay i talked about that 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 movie clip that jack tweeted out from the tighten up podcast account that's doing pretty well on twitter if i do say yeah, the so titanic myself. clip yeah still the titanic clip a movie that jack has still yet to see but he's tweeted it out anyway you know why because jack understands a good meme when he sees one and that was a good meme 
If you want that and more on your timeline, you want hilarious, top-notch memes, Jack A. Gentry on Twitter is your follow. And I'm, I don't say this lightly, guys. You need to follow Jack on Twitter because he's very worth your follow. I'm also writing Titans fans. I, I, I write a lot as well on top of my meme game. So any Titans content, Grizzly, Grizzlies fans listening, boom. That, that's what I'm pumping out. So come he on is, over. He is your guy. And look, yes, he clowns on the Tennessee Vols a lot. But look, don't let that be. And that's the thing about social media. Sometimes you need to follow people that do kind of rub you the wrong way. And if you're a Vols fan and you don't like him, you know, sometimes just follow him. All right. Because that's like, that's like the one knock you can, if you're a Vols fan that you can say about Jack and his Twitter game. I'm going to piece of me Vols fans. Look, and sometimes you need that. You need varying opinions on your timeline every now and then. I do wish the Vols good luck though. They have been through some turmoil in the past. I'm glad that they finally won their coveted SEC tournament champion, joining the likes of, Teams like Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, two teams I'm fond of that have done so in recent years, but the Vols, have, you know, since the 70s. So I'm glad you got that monkey off your back, Vols fans. Now, you know, uh, the tournament comes got, around. You got Rick Barnes now, to deal with now. Now you got Longwood, all right? And there's one thing I know about Longwood. Like a game against Longwood, it's going to be hard. And long. <laughs> and long, yes. And, uh and you look forward, it'll be a very climactic game. Yeah, it could be a little hairy, though, towards the end. <laughs> well, we'll, I'll, I'll, let, I'll, I'll, I'll keep the jokes in that vein. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. We, we, would I'll you, tell you what they got to do, though, do put the, the ball in the basket. There it is. Do you think the Sobros Network would give us the podcast uh, or the award for the uh, the most mature Nashville sports podcast? No, no. I would hope they would give us. Remember, they make categories up for us. Maybe the the most immature. Oh, most immature. Yeah. Because if right. the Vols want to win better. this game, they've got to spend a lot of time around the rim. <laughs> ah, you beat me to it. Ah, nuts. All right, let's get out of here before we lose All right. subscribers. I yeah, no, that's probably too late for that. Um, thanks for, so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Um, How do we have sponsors at this stage? I, I honestly, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know if they're listening. We love you. We're and, sorry. Uh, we, guys. we appreciate you. Relax the back and DraftKings. You guys are the best. Um, all right, Jack. Uh, do you got anything for the road? Nope. Going to be a fun week though. Um, I'm hoping the Titans make one big move. Don't know what it'll be. John Robinson surprised me, man. He's done it before. He can do it again. I love you. And John if John Robinson. Robinson was listening to this podcast, surely he's not listening to this after our rant just now. But no, no, yeah, he he probably he probably stopped right after I I pointed out the fact that if he you're John Robinson's online. neighbor and you're listening, maybe maybe just go knock on his door and yeah, play this clip for him. John, have you heard this? That's what you should do. Surprise me, Johnny. Rate, review, and subscribe this podcast. I know we had Buck on. Take the 15 seconds it takes to rate and review this podcast. Just scroll down to the bottom and just type in, if you're logged into, which you should be if you're listening to this podcast, but if you're logged into the podcast app, you just punch in five stars. And then in the comment, just say four and a half stars to the top idiots, 0.5 stars to Buck. 
Leave us a rating review. Let's get some more ratings in there. We'll read them on the uh, podcast next week if you do it. Yeah, so, and it does uh, help us out. It does. It, it really does, help does. Us out. So it does. If you ton. like us, if you listen to us frequently, and you haven't reviewed, we'd love we'd love it if you got in there. We do appreciate every single one of you guys. And look, as we say, grow the hashtag, grow the fan base, hashtag, grow the fan base for this podcast, grow the community of uh, Tuppers out there. And it'll only make the more people that are at the party makes the party better. Okay. So invite your friends, bring them on board to the tighten up podcast. I got to go. Cause this sun is blind. Yeah. You're going to get a sunburn. And my baby is starving in that order. That was the, that's the order of reasons I'm leaving. Okay. Uh, Jack, uh, I guess uh, until next week, tighten up. Tighten up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and oh. had the same head coach leading all the way that's one of many reasons that i'm loving how they play they're the tennessee titans they're the tennessee titans